noon hour is here. Check it out. And you're locked on to Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio station. It's my station. It's my station. This is, this is, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome on in, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It would be nice to get a heads up, Lloyd, that we're on the air. <laughs> uh, My bad. Sorry about that. Because 12.04 is not enough heads up for us. Dang it, Lloyd. Come on. Um, we had an opportunity to just to see a couple of our, our current co-workers. Well, Who are bosses, apparently like, not pirates. our current co-workers anymore. Yeah, one of them's already a client. Scott and Todd are the best, man. I know. I, I love those guys and uh, excited to continue to work with them in a different format. People need to understand that the the radio world, like the media world, is such a fickle, fluid, all over the place. Like, Scotty, you and I are so lucky to uh, have been in this business as long as we've been in it. I feel incredibly grateful, absolutely grateful, to be able to be hanging in there. Look, not only doing radio with two of my best friends on the planet, but also to be able to do it as long as we've been able to do it. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we're coming up on 10 years in May. I know. 10 freaking years, man. It went by in the blink of an eye. And I still remember where we were on our very first remote, very first show. Yeah. I believe we're on remote on our yeah. very first show. Yeah. Hawking at, vinyl fences. At a vinyl place. Yeah. And it's just crazy. 10 years. You know, we've watched our kids now grow up. I've I've watched one of yours get married. You've watched a couple of mine head off to college and- they were just babies, I know. little, and so this world is pretty incredible. And to be able to watch you like out there calling this Utah State game, and what's your passion? And you're in Fresno, and these crazy games. Like this year's basketball team is the equivalent to the um, the crazy Aggies football team of 2021, was yeah, it? Yeah, Blake Anderson's first year. Blake Anderson's first yeah, year. That there's, was just there's some similarities for wild. sure. Wild. Like, like the UNLV game, the Boise State game last night in Fresno, where frankly, and let's just be honest, and and I'll say this publicly because Danny Sprinkle said it in the postgame, they had no business winning that game. Yeah, yeah. They had no business winning that game. And he goes, like, I feel bad. He said, flat out, he goes, I feel bad for Fresno because that coach is probably getting fired at the end of the year. Oh. And he's dealt with injuries, and he's dealing with a crazy game where they did everything right, and Darius Brown just banks in a three to send it into overtime, and then Utah State wins an OT. I can't believe that. Because I looked up, and I looked up and it was it was at a three point deficit with eighteen twenty seconds left. Well, they were well no they were 
with eight seconds left. Guy made two free throws to push it to a three-point game. Fresno got it to a four-point game with about a minute left, and then it kind of hovered around, uh, and then Fresno led by two. Um, uh, Mason Falslev got fouled, missed the first free throw, made the second, so made it a one-point game. Then Fresno made both free throws. Utah with, with eight seconds left. They inbound it to Darius Brown. Fresno doesn't foul, which, by the way, all you junior jazzes, jazz kids out there, you foul up three. When you're up three with under six seconds left, you always foul. And I think Fresno State tried to. Great Osibor set a really great high screen to give Darius Brown a little bit of space. And when he saw that space, he just hoisted up the three uh, and banked it in. And and now and they went into OT and won the game in overtime. Crushed in overtime. 12 to 8. Yeah. Just, but I mean, just a. But the banker must have been nuts. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't, yeah. Where did he launch it from? Uh, it was about three or four feet behind the line. I'll show you the, the was highlight. It, was it a runner or did he set his feet? Uh, you could tell, and I talked to him in the post game. you could tell he wanted to get it off quickly because he knew the foul was going to come. And he. Uh, so he, he wanted to draw and the so three. he wanted to get it out there. And frankly, foul. probably could have got an end one too because i think they fouled him on the way down too oh my gosh now that would have been crazy to end in regulation with the three in the end one (laughs) that would have been right up there with that weird game in unlv well Um, but hey look the the crazy season continues on and it was just i mean just a your trip okay what time did you get home last night uh you mean this morning uh i had a flight at 6 a.m okay so, so you got to go close your eyes for a minute. Nah, I didn't. Up about three thirty, four o'clock. Oh, 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 yeah. So, okay, here, let me show you the let me show you the highlight here. This is uh, this is a game. Before. What time did you get up to head to the airport? Uh, I had a wake up call at four a.m. Okay. So here is. Okay. That's Brown just bringing it down in yep. possession. Oh, oh, he did. He had the pump and then the jump. And knock that down. Oh, look at Fresno's players. Because they've been dealing with it, haven't they? Oh, yeah. They're wearing that shot. They felt like they had this thing at home. And you're right, Banks right off the, the middle of the square and finds the basket. Once it went to overtime, did you know? Uh, or did you still think? No, oh. I still felt like, well, their best player, Isaiah Hill, fouled out with like a minute left or a minute into overtime. And then when he fouled out, it's like, okay, I think I think that we'll probably be okay here. But even then, look, it, well, here's the thing. It was a tie game with 40 seconds left in 40 seconds left in overtime, and Darius Brown hit another three to put him up three. Oh, man. And so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was still a back-and-forth game. Uh, not pretty. It was an ugly game. Let's just be honest. It, Utah State did not play well. Uh, but found a way to win. Great Osibor is going to join us coming up here in about 20 minutes, too. 21 points, 11 rebounds, played 41 minutes last night, and he's still going to join us. Yeah. At a guy. At a guy. How are you doing? You doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. It was uh, – what a wild night of basketball. Oh, my gosh. I started yeah. things off with the Jazz and sat there all doom and gloom, and I was like, geez, that's some of the most sloppy, ugly – non-enjoyable basketball, and then you flip over and you're watching BYU-Kansas and you're like, oh, wait a second, basketball can be fun. (laughs) Basketball can be fun. And then Utah State was obviously the nightcap, but it was was kind of a crazy night of 
roller coaster basketball. Well, we'll we'll get let's get to it, shall we? Um, and and full disclosure here, uh, I've got the game on the DVR, the BYU game. I will watch it in its entirety. I did get the whole clip up version of it with the highlights and stuff like that. Uh, but you know, the late game last night for Utah State, the early travel this morning, I've not watched that game in its entirety. But I did get through. You know the. Uh, Thank goodness for the uh, YouTube highlight packages, I know. man. The, the clip, those eight-minute clips are, yeah. are great. Shows you about every major shot. But yeah. I actually want to uh, I want to approach this game from kind of a different angle. And so let's jump into it. Let's do it. Starting lineup right now. This is Hanson Scotty G. Let's go. The lineup is set. And it's time to kick off the show with the biggest topic of the day. This is the starting lineup on 97.5, the KSL Sports Song. I think it's special because we all have such deep respect for this program and this venue, this arena and this team and this coach uh, and these players. It's all-time Mecca. And so I think really what makes it most special for me is, you know, we're, we, we talk all the time about faith in our program. It's certainly it's an uh, important part of our university. And watching our guys' faith in each other tonight and their faith kind of in the process. You know, we didn't shoot the ball well in the first half and we didn't shoot the ball well start, to start the second half. But their faith in their ability and their work, and then uh, I just thought it was really special to watch. So BYU pulls off the upset, an iconic win in the Mark Pope era at BYU. You go in to one of the most iconic venues in all of college basketball, a place that, frankly, they just don't lose. Kansas in that uh, Allen mm. Fieldhouse do not no. lose games. They don't. Have not lost one this year. And there was a moment where BYU looked like they were going to get run. And they reeled Kansas right back in. And big play after big play down the stretch, BYU pulls off the upset. I've, I've got so many different directions I want to go with this. Um, yeah, the the home record, I was looking at it, it was over – 2,000 days since they had lost to an unranked conference opponent in that arena. Like, you go and look at all the records that they've got on that home court, and it's astounding. And that can be overwhelming. And, you know, Scotty, I didn't give BYU a lot of chance. No, I didn't To, at to all. go in and win this game. No, zero. And a lot of it had to do with the mystique of that arena. Yes. You know, we had Greg Rebell on yesterday, and – you and Greg were oohing and on over that arena and its pageantry and its history. And I was listening to Greg, who he's not an easy man to impress or stir or I wouldn't say interest because he's interested in everything. But I could hear it in his voice like, uh, yeah, this is this is exciting. I could hear it in your voice. The same happens with with players. You know, when you're walking onto a field that you've known for years when we went to Alabama and you know we're, we're looking up on the big board and they've got this massive elephant that's blowing fire out of its trunk and it's it was oh, a, you're gonna say something else there for a second no it's it was a five mile stretch of road that's a, a two-lane highway everybody's off the side of road and and cops are leading us in and you're, you're just caught in this moment like holy cow the great Bryant and everything that's happened here and holy cow and and sometimes it's overwhelming and sometimes it's hard to blink that out of your mind to get yourself going. And it that's kind of how it was for BYU. And at BYU, whatever they were down, like six points, seven points to half, like that was an understandable half of basketball. It made some sense. 
And I was thinking, you know, it's okay for them at this point to put it in cruise control. Maybe suffer a six to eight point loss. That'd be a, that'd be a nice, you know. Hey, you kept it close, and yeah. it wasn't a complete blowout. But right there at the back end, four or five minutes left, BYU shifts it into gear, starts knocking down threes, and you're like, oh, oh, oh geez, this is going differently. Yeah. So I told you I wanted to approach this from kind of a, a different angle, and I know you've got a lot of respect for Bill Self. At, oh yeah, at least for what he's done record wise. Absolutely, yeah. I think. Scotty, don't quote me on this. I think that's his 21st season as the head coach of Kansas. 20th or 21st season as the head coach of Kansas. He's been there forever. Yeah, He's got a, a 802 and 239 record. He's got, he, he wins nearly 80% of his games. He's an incredible coach. I have a lot of respect for he's this. He's been guy. the head coach of Kansas since 2004 when he took over for Roy Williams. So, so I guess this would be maybe his 19th, 20th season? The fewest amount of wins he's ever had was, the, uh, was when he had 21 wins in uh, that COVID year. Other than that, it's either 23 or 24 at a bare minimum. He's got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9... 10, 30-plus win seasons. He's got 16 Big 12 regular season championships, eight Big 12 tournament championships. And, and the reason Scotty and I are kind of setting this up, I want you I, – I, I pulled a couple of cuts. I listened to Coach Pope, and I thought that he was great, represented BYU in a lot of things. But there's something unique about sitting there and listening to Bill Self. And, and this is – Really interesting to me, as I've sat in many media, media circles and and watched different people handle coaches, I want you to listen to this because in each of these three cuts, and, and I'll set each of them up as we kind of go along, in each of these three cuts, you can hear the media is trying to give him an out. Yeah. And Bill's not taking it. And I think it's really interesting, and I think it's very telling, not just about Bill's self, but it's telling about how this game went. And how he feels about BYU. Because, you know, as a media member, you are trying to deliver an out or at least an acceptable conversation that a coach isn't going to bash you over the head with. Like, why are you going to come at me that way? Because everybody kind of sits there like, oh, just don't don't attack me. But I want to start with this. So it's going to start with the, the question. Kevin McCullough was not on the court for Kansas. And he is a 20-point-a-night guy. They've got two 20-point-a-night guys. One's their center and one's McCuller. And I want you to listen to the question and then listen to how Bill Self handles it. I, I am a huge fan after listening to this conversation. Drip your gilly ball on your shirt and your chocolate steak on your shirt. Bill, how difficult are those moments in a close game like that when you don't have Kevin on the floor? And how are you preparing this team with the possibility he may not return? Well, this is, you know, we're just doing it. We're preparing like he won't, you know. Uh, uh, but this is who this is who we are. When we're good, we're pretty good. And when we're not, we're not. And, you know, the thing about it, we like we played pitifully tonight. But when I say we played pitifully, that's also 
can't give the appearance that I'm taking something away from BYU. BYU was better than us tonight. I mean, the, the second half, after we got up 12, the second half, they controlled it. And we hoped to score, and they actually ran offense to score. So, so uh, uh, you know, give them credit. They caused us to look bad, and, 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 and they were successful. Uh, uh, but, but, you know, it'll help if, if we had our – you know, had Kevin back, but you know, we, we've been dealing with this for for about nah, I'd say five weeks, where he hasn't been himself from a health standpoint. Even when he played, he wasn't himself, and so so uh, you know, we we we're not counting on it. We hope it could happen, but we're certainly not banking on it. I like the fact that he's like, look, we played pitifully, but you know what? That's not us playing pitifully on our own. It's the fact that BYU made us play in a pitiful manner and i think that's high praise and deservedly so he could have said yeah it's it was kind of an impossible task without mccullough going into the game and and let's be honest that's a huge loss for kansas it's a monstrous loss for kansas but as he mentioned it's been kind of a five-week process not now it hasn't been him off the court for five weeks but them dealing with different issues with mccullough over the five weeks but it is a loss no question so this next one I thought was fascinating because <laughs> this media member kind of goes into this question like, yeah, so chucking up the threes. I want you to listen how Bill Self handles this media question, kind of going into it like, well, I guess if you're going to throw up the threes and hit, then they're going to win. How frustrating is it preparing for a team like this? No one exactly, I mean, you know what they're going to do and what do you mean? I mean, like the, the three, you know, they're going to come in. Well, you three. know, there's there's actually a, a scheme behind shooting the three. They don't come in and just shoot three. So, so you know, they're, they're you know, they're they're, they're uh, offense that they ran to do that, and, and and how they set up the ball screens and angles to force whatever you're going to do. There's a strategy behind it. So it, it's not like uh, 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 I, I would say when you look at most teams when you scout them you pretty much know by this time of the year what most teams are going to do. Uh, um, we knew that I, – I said they'd shoot 35 threes. They didn't. They only shot 34. Uh, I said if they made 12 or 13, then it would be hard because we only average making five a game. So, so you know, we got to score 30 points from behind the arc. But they didn't shoot the ball particularly well. You know they're 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 capable of making 17 out of 34, and but they did shoot it well late, and, and they had a uh, uh, you know some guys step up and make some shots. But our switches weren't good. Our our our, our scout report defense wasn't good. But even with that being said, we're going to screw up. You got to make your free throws. You got to be able to score in tight. You got to do some things when you don't shoot a lot of threes, and we didn't do that very well at all. All right, so I think that's fascinating, and he's spot on because up until I called games for Utah State under Ryan Odom, I may have fallen under that guy's that question the question mm-hmm. thought of like, well, th- this team's just full of chuckers. Uh, Ryan Odom at Utah State ran a system very similar to what Mark Pope's employing now at BYU where you go five out, everybody can shoot the threes. Uh, it is a point of emphasis for your team and and you play off of the ability to shoot threes, which will also then lead to you getting good looks. And I thought Greg described this very well, 
because I think you, you know, we, we talked about like, well, you know what, if the threes aren't falling, what can you do to adjust? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you adjust because you have the threat of making threes and then you get good looks at the rim, which BYU shoots a good percentage from two because they play off of the two. A lot of teams play inside out. BYU schematically is playing outside in. And it's a new European, when I want to say new, I mean, it's everybody's doing it now, it seems like. But it's that European five-out offense that is all the rage right now in college and now into the NBA as well. And it works, especially when you have shooters. And Bill Self's like, look, this isn't a bunch of dudes out there just cranking threes coming down midcourt and just taking the first shot available. This is a There's schematic. A lot that goes into it. Yes, there is a lot schematically to going into what BYU does from an offensive standpoint. And when you really look at it and you really analyze how they get those looks and the amount of motion that they run to get those looks, and then what, when you do get those looks, what you can play off of that to get you good looks from two, it's a really really intricate and really detailed and hard to scout offense. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, so I'm glad you kind of set that up because that actually goes into the third and final cut, Scotty. And I, there's, there's a couple of things I find fascinating in this cut from Bill Self. This is good stuff though, isn't it? Oh, it's great. Yeah. yeah. I think just listening to Bill talk is like, okay, it's, it's college basketball history and, and intelligence one-on-one it's, it's the top of the top. But I think that this is interesting because Listening to Bill Self have no idea what BYU's players' names are. <laughs> he knows what positions they are. He knows what they play. That's that's one thing to listen to in this cut. But he's asked about BYU's system sustainability. And here's what Bill Self had to say. Bill, as a, as a long-time coach in this profession, how sustainable is BYU's style of play moving forward in the Big 12? The reliance on the three-point shooter. Oh no, 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 it's great style. It's it's you know it, it, it it's NBA style. You know, uh, uh, it it won't be as good if you don't have guys that can shoot. You know, but as long as they keep recruiting guys that can shoot, uh, uh, and I don't know how many guys they'll lose. I don't. You, you know, you, I'm sure you know their personnel. Uh, probably Jackson Robinson would be the big one. Yeah, I think he's good. Yeah, you know. Uh, uh, He's really good, but his aunt was probably even better, you know, Crystal. So, so she's the best player ever out of Oklahoma. So, uh, but they're, as long as they got this personnel and, and, and uh, you know, even though, you know, he didn't play a lot tonight, uh, uh, the big fella, but he's as good a passer as there is in America. And, and, and even though, if, if, I don't want to mispronounce the name, but Trey Orr, to me, was their most effective player and he scored six points. Because he, he he put in more created more confusion off uh, off of ball screens and, and dumping in uh, they they scored some threes when we went to help on him and stuff like that so uh, uh, I, I I think his style is great I think it's very sustainable. So there you go, great stuff from Bill Self. I just was more fascinated with his presser than anything else in the post game. Wanted yeah. to play some of those comments because I think it hits home for BYU fans. Hands and Scotty, uh, we'll shift. We'll talk a little Utah State. Great Osborne is going to join us coming up next uh, as we're live here in studios. We get the band back together again. And what better way than to talk to our good buddy Jake, hanging out from Advanced Windows. How are you, man? Hey, I'm Jake. great. It's good to be back. Oh, it's good to it's see good your, to, good to see your yeah, face. Good to see yours. It's, last time we were here, 
Uh, Scotty, you were in Laramie. Yes. You were on vacation in Laramie. Oh, yeah, Wyoming. because that's I, I own some rental <laughs> yeah. uh, vacation property in Laramie. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. He's gonna a, bunch, a bunch of Airbnbs. People yeah. are dying to get it's, out there. That's the spot. He's yeah. going to trick a bunch of grizzlies and set them out there and charge people to come yeah. look at them on his property. <laughs> yeah. Build his own bear world. <laughs> then, then he doesn't have to pay his own entry fees. That sounds about right. Hey, uh, you know what? People thought spring was here, and then winter hits again. <laughs> you get the snow, you get the wind, and people are like, man, these windows, I feel that breeze it's, just blowing right through it. Let's get it squared away, it's man. It's that up and down from the weather, the heat, the cold. That's, it. I say the issue, that's a great thing about Utah is that we get the four seasons, but it's a quick reminder to you that like your home can heat up quickly and it can cool down very quickly. And if you don't have good windows in there and you don't have that energy efficiency that you're looking for, you're going to be paying for it. With the, from the bills, but also your personal, the way you're feeling inside your house, your comfort. I really want to reach out to the listener that needs a that has a customized issue. Yeah. If you've got a window that's a weird shape, or you've got a broken window that's got a specific frame color, or just understand that advanced windows can specify down to the very small details. What was it, an eighth of an inch? Yeah. When you're talking about building those windows into certain frames. You guys can do it all. Yeah, everything that we do is custom. We don't have anything like standard sizing. It's all custom sizing. And so it's if you have like a small round window in your home, surprising, a lot of homes have that. Or that, that octagon, uh, whatever it is you have, we can do for you. And if it's just like you, you're wanting a specific grid pattern, if you give us a call today, you're going to get a hold of Jeremy. And Jeremy will be able to come out to your house in the next day or two. And he'll talk you through all of these options. He'll help you kind of design the the windows of your dreams put it that way the and you'll he will leave and you'll have a, an understanding and a vision of how your home can be transformed great financing options uh normally we do $2500 off yeah $2500 off uh today it's great we're here we're here every time we're here we like giving your listeners that opportunity to save a little bit more if they call today and get on the schedule today so we're going to bump it up to the $3,000 off, nice. 10 or more windows. Nice. Uh, so we'll give you an additional $500 off those 10 windows. If you if you call, get on the schedule today, and you'll, you'll get again, you'll get a hold of Jeremy. And that, that phone number is 801-850-9100. Again, 801-850-9100, and uh, you'll be speaking with Jeremy. Again, $3,000 off. That's $3,000 off. Normally it's $2,500, but today it's $3,000 off. 801-850-9100. Call right now. It's Or you can go to advancedwindows.com, but call Jeremy right now. Just call the number, 801-850-9100. Jake and the crew blowing it out today right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Download the KSL Sports app to get live streaming of your favorite shows. Downloading. Download the latest podcasts and get all the latest breaking news on the teams you can't live without. Everything you need delivered right to your phone. Let's go get them where we can get them. Just search KSL Sports on your app store of choice. Download it now. The KSL Sports app presented by University of Utah Health. Looking for the latest on the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies? Yeah. We've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5 The Sports Zone. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Nothing like calling a game last night in Fresno, catching a 6 a.m. flight. So I can be back here in studio with my guys, talking a lot of college basketball. And joining us now, I believe you guys are still in Fresno, about ready to catch a plane and get back. Great Osborne, kind enough to join us. Great. How you doing, man? What's up? Great. 
I'm, do, I'm doing good, man. Yeah, we're for sure. We're in the airport right now, actually. So, yeah, just getting ready to get back. You guys, man, you just find ways to win, whether it's UNLV, Boise, last night against Fresno. You're down three late. You're down four coming down the stretch. But there's just no panic with you guys. What is it about this squad that allows you to keep finding ways to pull off these miraculous wins? I feel like we believe. I feel like we, we're so together, so tight as a team, that even when even when stuff doesn't look like it's going to go good, like we just stay together and, you know, the cardiac agues back at it. You know, we're ready. We're always active. <laughs> the card- you got the, the cardiac Aggies with the Utah State basketball team now because there was a cardiac Aggies with the football team too, great, just a couple of years really? ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Blake Anderson's first year was just – it was just heart race after heart race, but – you know, you're you're in a big season here with Utah State and coming from, I believe it was Montana State. Just take us through this team chemistry and the fun and enjoyment that you're getting out of this year in comparison to the years before this. I mean, I love Montana State. Like it was a it was an amazing place for me to start my college career in and the environment and everything. But like playing in Logan, playing for Utah State has been mind blowing for me. I've been a an insane experience so far and I'm really happy I made the decision to come here like I didn't want to leave but like I didn't want to leave but like after but like after I spent like a month here I was like okay it was the right decision for me so I want to go through that last play I had a chance to chat with Darius after the game last night on our post game show but you know that Fresno State at least their coach mentioned it in his post game that he was telling his guys to foul. When you're up three with under, you know, six or seven seconds left, you know, the, the goal is to foul so you don't get the three off. But Darius said that you came out, set that high screen, which gave him a little bit of space, and then he was able to shoot the three. Tie, kind of walk us through what you saw out there and how important that was to set that screen so you gave him some space to get that shot that ultimately sent it into OT. So, obviously, I know in that situation, you're up three. The smart thing is to foul. So, I was waiting for the guy to foul. But then, after he DB dribbled up two, three, four dribbles, the guy hadn't fouled him yet. I was like, oh, I need to take him out so DB can take a shot. So, I was planted there for a while. And the guy and DB ran him off me. And then DB got a good look. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm living with that. And then, obviously, I have to do my job, go crash the glass. But I seen the bank in. I was like, DB back at it again, man. He's big time. It's pretty incredible. He goes 100% from three last night, two of two, and obviously the big one there to tie it up. When it left his hands, what were your thoughts, Great, Did you know it was going to sink? I mean, the guy jumped. So at first I thought maybe they were going to get – it was going to get some contact. Maybe we were going to get um, a call, like a, like some free throws. Um, but then after, after the guy didn't, – they didn't call no foul and he shot it. I was like, this looks good. And even if it missed, I feel like I was going to be able to get a, a rebound and then get it out. But then we did what he did, and that went in. Thank you very much. Did you uh, did you hear him call bank? No, I didn't. I didn't hear DB call back, but he called game though. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys get into overtime, and then talk to us about the mindset. You get into overtime, you're on the road. You 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 had put in a total of 41 minutes. Brown put in 44 minutes, but talk about kind of engaging in overtime and what your mentality was once that that hit. 
So obviously we let it slip a little bit at the end of the second half. But we knew as a team that once it got to overtime, you have to revert back to your habits that you work on in the summer and stuff. And we knew we just had to lock in. We had our whole team telling us, hey, it's time. And then we handled business. Um, there, You had... I, you know, I'm calling the game, and I'm thinking after the first five or six minutes, I'm thinking, great's going to have 40 points tonight. Like, there was no answer for you in the, in the post, and yet they were able to change things up defensively and really deny you and deny those entry passes. How hard is that for you guys to adjust? Because obviously, when you have single coverage and you're in the blocks, there's not many people in the country that can guard you one-on-one without bringing the double. So... How creative are you guys having to be to try to get you opportunities in the post and get those passes into you? Um, it's, big, it's a big credit to our coaching staff. Like obviously, as you just mentioned, one-on-one single coverage. I I like my chances against anyone pretty much, you know. But our team does a great job of when teams start to deny in front and double. They do a better. They do a good job of showing that everyone's players here. Everyone can do something like. And that's something I need to get better at. Like, like, like I didn't touch the ball for a while. I need to find ways now to try and stay in the game, not force it, you know. And I think I'm doing a lot, a better job of that. Like last game with my assists or rebound, and like I think I'm improving. But that's something that we improve on every game, you know. So now you guys got an Air Force team that you know you you would think should be beatable, but an Air Force team that went in and got a win against New Mexico a few days ago, um, a dangerous Air Force team, I guess I'd call it. Like, what, what type of mentality do you take uh, when you're seeing this Air Force game or this Air Force team coming up here in a couple of days? Hey, you can't you can't take Air Force for granted. Like, as you can see, like, they can beat anyone. They just went to the pit and did their thing against a very good New Mexico team at the pit who don't lose that a lot. So we're gonna be locked in. We're gonna be locked in, and um, we're gonna be locked in and be ready to go. Cause obviously we we're grateful we're able to learn from a win, but that easily could have been a loss last night. So we're just gonna lock in today, watch some film, and be ready for Air Force. Don't take anyone for granted. So it, it, this is why I I love talking to Coach. I love talking to you. I love talking to Darius. Cause you guys are really transparent. And you just. You know, you, you don't you just tell tell it how it is. And I was watching you guys walk off the court last night. There wasn't really any celebrating when you guys walked off. It almost felt like you guys were treating it like you lost the game. And I brought that up to Darius and he's like, no, no, we're always happy when we win. It's just we realized that we played way down below what we're capable of doing. Is that a bit of a wake-up call for you guys, knowing that you you, you, you kind of stole one last night and knowing that if you don't play your best basketball, you can lose to anybody in the conference? Absolutely. Like, this is the Mountain West Conference. Anyone can be anyone. And one thing we, we kept talking about is we don't want to be in no regrets. Like, we don't want to get to the end of the season and be like, wow, we should have won that game. Our friends know that we had it right there. So, Obviously, it's hard to win in Division One basketball. It's hard to win a lot of games here. So every game we'll take them, take them how we get them. But as Coach always says, it's better to learn on that win than learn on the loss. So we're going to learn from what we did, and then be ready for Friday. Yeah, what is Coach Sprinkle like? Is he is he just an overly serious individual, or great? Does he does he joke around a little bit, like during practice or road trips, or is he just always serious? 
No, he's no. He's a. He has. I'd say he has two personalities. He's he's different as Coach Sprinkle, and he's different as just Sprinks. <laughs> <laughs> what's, when, when, what's, if it's co- if you get Coach Sprinkle, you gotta lock in. You don't you don't play around on that. But then after practice, that's Sprinks. That's Sprinks. Yeah, there, there's. He coaches you dudes hard, man. There's no doubt. Watching watching him get after you guys, uh, and then also watching him relax and have a good time. It's it's kind of fun seeing both sides of that. But I, I think you respond well. I think his team responds well. You guys know when it's time for business and know when it's time to uh, have some fun. But when you're down and you got three games left, and it's it's hard to keep yourself physically and mentally going. What is it? What is it going to take to make sure you guys finish this thing strong and and go into uh, Vegas as the number one seed? It takes leadership, uh, especially someone like me and DB. Like I've I've won two championships now. DB's won a championship last year. We know what it takes, so we just need to stay focused in games in all the games. Like we can't take no game for granted. We can't look ahead. We know what's at stake, and we need to take that responsibility to make sure we take that point across to everyone. Hey, great. I wanted to ask you a little bit about Josh Adugia because, you know, this guy that's averaging whatever it is, 17, 18, 19 minutes a game, and he plays 42 minutes last night and gives you fantastic minutes, great effort, 15 points, and and and, a, and some, uh, some shots at the free throw line. Talk about his game, what he meant to that win, and why we saw a big boost in minutes for Adugia. Um, Josh is big time. Like he's always ready, you know. Uh, he has games where he might do, he might he might be amazing, and there's other games where he might be a little bit more quiet. But no, no, hold on. Okay, uh, hold on. I'll just go back there. Can I do that? Okay, wait, hold on. Can I be? I need one minute. Oh, possible thirty you... seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's give you a minute. Yeah, give me 30 seconds. I'm just going to Yeah, no that. worries. That yeah, sounds great. Great. Great awesome board joining us. Utah State gets the win last night. These guys going through the airport, getting ready to come back. And uh, I just said it sounds great, great. And, and Lloyd's upset. I know. About I, know. I see. I was just going to let it go. I, I know. Don't you dare. Don't play the car. just fine let's just let him go let him breathe fine hey i i was just asking great about josh aduja can you kind of yeah josh is a uh, in fact they put him in the uh, starting lineup last night yeah i saw that isaac and, and was isaac, on the bench. isaac came off the bench and a lot of it was just matchup because uh new or fresno state had a lot of injuries to their bigs and so they were going to a smaller lineup so okay. utah state went a little smaller to match that um, but so that was scheme, just it, it was schematic matchups and scheme, and yeah, and it's but, not that Isaac's done anything. No, no, and Isaac's still a tremendous player, and 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 played you know a big role, had a big three in that game uh, in the second half as well. So he'll still be a big part. I don't think that's the lineup they'll go going forward, but they might stick with it. Who knows? Uh, he's just a good versatile player. Had a huge bucket in overtime too. Big boy turnaround jumper in the paint. Yeah. And uh, when Utah State really needed a bucket, so I like Josh. Good guy, works his tail off, uh, does all the right things. Um, you'd like the three ball to fall a little bit better for him. Uh, he's had some struggles. He did make two last night. But if he gets that consistent outside shot going, whew, watch out. Absolutely watch out. Great Osborne joining us. Uh, one final thing before we let you go and hop on that plane and get back to Logan. 
Um, when you look overall at the landscape of the Mountain West Conference and you see how crazy the games are, UNLV almost lost to Wyoming. San Diego State nearly lost at home last night to San Jose State. Uh, you guys are competitive. This conference is crazy. Uh, just how much fun are you having playing in this conference? Man, this playing in the Mountain West is so fun. Like every game, this we were talking about it. Me and the were talking about it, and it's like a gauntlet. Like you, you don't know what to expect in this conference. Everyone can beat everyone. The top teams are really good. It's just fun, you know. Like you, you have to bring your A game off. You're gonna get shown up, and it shows. Like anyone is capable of beating the top teams, and all the top teams are just beating each other up. And then you can even see with the records, like from second to seventh place, is like one game back. So it's fun, man. I'm loving it. Hey, uh, before I let you go, I'd be remiss. Uh, I didn't have a chance to talk to Coach about it last night, but uh, you left the game a little bit. Uh, I think every Aggie fan was on pins and needles until you checked back into the game. You feeling okay? Yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. Uh, cramps, cramps are never fun, So, but as far as injuries go, cramps are minor, you know, so I'm fine. Okay, so no, no, no injury, you just cramped up a bit. Yes, sir. I was just cramping up. I don't know. I don't know why. I probably didn't drink enough water. I'll be all right. <laughs> you gotta get that pickle juice in you, man. Hey, yes, hey, sir. hey, hey, great. Have you seen a a fan base like you get in the spectrum on the road at all? Absolutely. Ah, uh, no. Uh, maybe Colorado State was good, uh, and obviously the pit's always loud. But I think we have the best one. No doubt about it. Great. Safe travels back. We'll uh, we'll see you coming up on Friday, man. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys. There he is. Great awesome boy. Right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports. Another big win for Utah State last night, pushing it to overtime in Fresno, getting the win in overtime. Great putting in a bunch of minutes. What was he at? 44 minutes? Yeah. 41 minutes. 41 minutes, yeah. yeah he played great. Brown had. Car crash. Yeah, car crash. Brown had 44 minutes. Aduja had 42 minutes. This guy's. I, I just thought it was interesting in a game like that. You know, when you're going to overtime, and I'm just looking at the bench. Five total points for the bench. You put oh, yeah, all your weight. Yeah, they're tightening up that rotation. Even in overtime, even with a starter that you move to the bench. Yeah. All right, Hans and Scotty, what you may have missed coming up next. Uh, we got a busy, busy show uh, for you. Uh, Kurt Heelan will join us at 105. Mark Durant, fresh off that victory in Lawrence, Kansas. He'll join us at 205. Again, one of our favorite people on the planet as well with him. Always good chatting with him. It's all straight ahead. 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. Joined now by the Hall of Famer Steve Young. I heard Boomer Sison make a statement that he feels like if Zach Wilson went and spent a year or two with Andy Reid, that he would be able to blossom as far as being an NFL quarterback. What is your response to that? Quarterbacks thrive with support. You'd think there'd be so many organizations that figured this out, and they just haven't. Zach is responsible for Zach's problems. Zach has to own that. No matter what, I think it's important that you say that and then make the change. But I really believe of all the places that Zach could go to, my spot would go to Sean McVay and behind Matthew Stafford because I think it's a spot where he could really understand the position, really get coached in a way that could be really profitable to him and still could see the field in the near term because Matthew's probably not going to play forever. 
Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai, Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Blitz Craig Pop. Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. The great Kurt Heelan will join us coming up here in a moment from NBC Sports and ProBasketballTalk.com. Apologize for the rant. It's out of my system now. We're good to go now. Well, I think it I think it was necessary. Hit it right on No, the- it wasn't. Now everybody's like, who are you talking about? I'm not just talking about the generation, <laughs> man. It's just it's crazy. That's why I think... You know, you're seeing teams like BYU and Utah State and, and, and other teams that have an advantage over other teams is because they're just willing to do the extra things or they've got great coaches that push them a little bit harder than other coaches do. It's not the money. No. They don't have more money. Nope, it's not. Look, I mean, Utah State's got no money. No money. In a little bit, but nothing compared to I- what UNLV's doing. And, and I'm watching Fresno State last night. Fresno State has got it's not a I mean it's a it's a big arena and they got a lot of boosters and that's look it's not a sprawling metropolis by any means but it's a big city it's got a huge uh student body they've got resources available but yet they've been in the dumps for years and years and years here's Utah State keeping it together with bailing time bailing twine and duct tape up there putting a roster together and they're Two games away. If they win the next two, they will win at least a share of the Mountain West Conference regular More season More likely title. outright, but yeah. yeah. Crazy. It really is. Yeah. It's it's pretty amazing what they're doing right now. All right, let's talk some NBA. Jazz get it handed to them last night by the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, joining us now, Kurt Heelan from NBC Sports and ProBasketballTalk.com. Kurt, how the heck are you, man? Good, good. That one surprised me a little bit just because I kind of expected the Hawks to fall apart without Trey Young, but... Uh... You know, maybe they go on a winning streak and then they trade Trey Young. That'll be the new. That'll be the new trick. Well, sometimes it just comes down to who wants it less. And uh, last night <laughs> it looked like the Jazz did not. Uh, we had this debate yesterday. The Jazz have that first round pick that's protected one through ten. Um, if you're the Jazz, do you in and knowing that this draft, do you want to convey that so you can just get it out of the way right now, or would you rather have that top ten pick in a draft that may not be particularly good this year? I'd rather convey it. I'd rather it's a deeper draft in years coming up, and you've got a couple of good young players. I mean, it's not the end of the world if you if you end up with it. Don't get me wrong, but in an ideal world, I'd be kind of happy to move that pick along this year. And like you said, this. There, these down drafts, you know, and, and like this one is supposed to be, there's always players, right? There's always going to be, ah, oh, the 2003 draft was awful. Anthony Bennett and, and uh, who was, uh, I forget now who was second off the top of my head. Victor Oladipo was second, and oh, this wasn't that great a draft. It's like, yeah, Giannis, man. Then Rudy Gobert was in that draft. Like, there's always guys. So there will be guys, but I think I'd rather I'd rather pass this one along and then see where we land next year and, and hope out of the way it feels so weird to say this kurt but in terms the utah jazz need to win to be able to give away their pick (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly yeah i I, i'm not actually looking at the standings right now or but yeah yeah 
they're going to have to rack, rack up some wins. Sometimes you can do that at the end of the season, though. If, if you care, that might be enough some nights, right? You just get to a point in the season where the teams that are kind of checked out have checked out, and there's some teams kind of gearing up for the playoffs. But if you can rack up a few wins from teams, either resting guys for the playoffs or guys who are, uh, what to use Doc's words, they're in Cabo. Yeah, and, and a few of those wins can get you where you need to go. So across the landscape of the NBA, and you look at uh, what the Jazz are dealing with right now and their schedule, I think it's probably going to be a moot point because uh, I don't see a lot of wins left on this schedule. And after what we saw last night against Atlanta, the Jazz were favorites actually going into that game, and they ended up getting roughed up. I think this team might have a Cabo not not intentionally, but I just don't know if they're in a situation where they can string together a bunch of wins. So it does appear like they will have a top 10 pick when it's all said and done. Which isn't, the, again, not the end of the world. There are some guys out there who can help. But, yeah, the, I, the Jazz actually have the second toughest remaining schedule in the NBA, just behind uh, Phoenix. So, yeah, you're right. That's, that's going to be tough if you've got, you know, Boston and Oklahoma City and two against the Timberwolves, two against the Nuggets left, two against the Clippers. Like, that's that's a rough patch to try to get through. And so, you know, may, again, maybe you can sneak in a few. Like I said, ideally you'd like to convey it, but in the flip side of that, if you've got the pick, you've got a staff that has drafted well and developed well, and you can, hey, hey go through these guys. See who's, who's out there. Who do you really want? Who's going to Who's going to not just fit, but like who do you see as an upside pick in this? Who's one of those guys where, hey, maybe not this year, but if we develop him in three years, we could have something special. So we did get to see Quinn Snyder kind of back in action against his old Utah Jazz team, and I think that that's always a big storyline here in the state. Atlanta now sitting at 26 and 32. They're in the 10 spot, so they're in the play-in spot, and it looks like they should be able to hold on to the play-on spot unless Brooklyn – or Toronto goes nuts from here on out. But um, how happy are they with Quinn Snyder and his vision and, and what they're doing in Atlanta right now, despite Trey Young and his finger surgery that he just went through? Yeah, the sense in Atlanta is that they, they like Quinn, but it's it's kind of pick a direction time with Trey Young. Either either they got it, you know, they tried. There was a lot of talk about them trying to trade Dejounte Murray, but. They're going to trade Murray or Young this summer, one of the two, um, possibly both, but probably one of the two, and kind of retool around the other. And I think that that's kind of the big question facing them. Like, it's it's what direction do you want to go? And for that matter, can you build a winner? Can you build a true contender around Trey Young? I mean, he's he's not Steph Curry, man. Like, he... he, he does some stuff that's really impressive. He is a very good offensive player, but he's not his defensive issues are concerning and I'm just, you know, it would take a very special very specific build around him to win. What could they get if they wanted to move him, you know, because there's there's desperate team um, there might be one in Los Angeles. There's a couple other desperate teams that might pay pretty well to get a hold of him. Hmm. Kurt Heedlin joining us, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Uh, Kurt from NBC Sports and ProBasketballTalk.com. Talk, uh, 
you're seeing the downslide of the dynasty of the Golden State Warriors, but yet Steve Kerr still gets his uh, two-year extension, highest-paid coach in the NBA. Is that a lifetime achievement award? Is it a hey, you know what? We still think he can help us right the ship. What, what what do you think the genesis of that is from? A little bit of a lifetime achievement, but all. Um, first off, his timing was great, just because Monty Williams and that that desperation contract that that uh, Detroit gave him last summer, which by, it's just changed the market. By the way, that has not been a great hire. He's not been a great fit there. Um, but e- even when he's storming out of uh, yeah. press conferences, um, oh. rightfully. Oh, we'll get to that. Uh, but, yeah, but they um, – th- that is like, hey, well, now Do- now Popovich gets paid and Spolster gets paid, and I'm, I'm forgetting somebody else. In there. Like suddenly if you're one of those very elite coaches, you've got to get paid. So his timing was good. He was up for an extension, and I think what they want to do is keep him there um, in on the bench – through the Steph, through Steph Curry's time there, however much longer that lasts, and I think they've got, I think this lines him up with Curry, and then they'll they'll make a decision. Um, Curry still fills the, not only an elite player, but I mean, still fills the building, still sells the sponsorships, is still just one of the most popular players in the league. So, I think they're trying to keep that part of the band together uh, until it's time to break it up, and then I wouldn't be shocked if he jumped not away from the Warriors, but more into a front office role as opposed to to jumping to the bench somewhere else. I think he's I think he would be willing to move on from the grind of coaching. Well, I've been talking about the Golden State payroll for some time now, two hundred and ten million dollars. Just to put that in perspective for jazz fans, jazz are paying out about a hundred and thirty two million. So $210 million for Golden State, the number one payout in the NBA. Where are we at with expenses right now, Kurt? With the repeater and everything, how expensive is this year going to be for Golden State? Very. And I don't have the numbers up in front of me, but if I remember the numbers right, like where they are and where a few teams are going right now, the Clippers, like the Warriors are on the edge of paying more tax then you're going to be paying in revenue Ooh. or in, in front out. Like their tax bill is going to be higher than your whole, um, and, and a bunch of teams. It was, it's just crazy how much they're paying out. The Clippers are going to be in there, especially if they, like they re-signed Kawhi. If they bring back Paul George and James Harden is expected, they're going to be expensive as heck. And the, the money is going to keep going up for the, like it only actually, the tax part of this is bad and then gets worse. And then they've, uh, in a couple of years plus, I think we've, as we've talked about, they've added all sorts of restrictions about, man, if you're over that far over the tax, if you're over that second apron, so 17 million into the tax, you've got, you, you can't get buyout players. There's restrictions on who you can trade for. You don't get to use your mid-level exception. It just becomes much harder to build a team around your guys. And so, I think you're going to see teams move away from that, but the Warriors are, they're just not ready to move away from the dynasty yet. And they're look pretty good the last few, now that they've leaned into the younger group and, and Kuminga's out there and pods and stuff like they bring in Chris Paul and, and Clay Thompson off the bench. They've looked, they've looked good enough that you can talk themselves into one of those, you know, if everything just breaks our way, kind of playoff runs like the Lakers got last year. So, Hmm. We'll see. I, I I think they're going to do that for a couple of years, but it's going to get so prohibitively expensive under the new CBA that 
uh, it's that second apron is going to serve as almost a de facto NFL style salary cap. So we talked about this a few weeks ago, and it appears that there might be a groundswell within the NBA and the competition committee to look at ways to maybe bring the offense back down to earth a little bit. Um, I'm a big fan of it. I think it's getting a little out of control. Uh, I don't want I don't want to see the 93 New York Knicks, but I also am getting a little tired of seeing 130s, 140s in terms of scoring total. What are some of the things that can be done that can be implemented to try to bring the game back down a little bit? That's going to be part of – that's really part of the questions is what can be done. I, I think part of it's going to be allowing more physicality, less – not necessarily like – hand checking per se um that i'm not sure actually a couple of people i talked to said that's not really going to work anyway um but you're going to hand check curry 35 feet from the basket like it's not <laughs> quite the same thing but allowing more physicality especially on guys driving into the lane right now guys have gotten really good at taking these kind of you're coming down i'm going to take a sharp angle in ram into the defender and throw the shot up and expect a call and i think like that's something they can do away with, and if they do away with that, it changes the drive and kick game a little bit. Um, I'm not sure. I think it'll be incremental is the thing. Like I think they do something like that. Like we're going to change how that's called. Then we're going to watch it for a year or two, and then if that's not enough, we're going to do something else. And they're also just hoping for a defensive innovation of some kind, somebody to come up with something. That, that changes the numbers, you know, uh, these, it happens in football. It happens to everything, right? Like use those pendulum swings, like, all right, who can come up with a defense or, or decides like, this is what we really need to do and figures out how to chase guys off the three point line or whatever at a better rate. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think the league is kind of hoping for some of that, but I think, I think you'll see even next year, they're going to allow some, more physicality in specific positions just because that's the only way to kind of you, you've got to give the defense something you're right right now it's just you can't just have guys out there with a tape like matadoring out there it just it doesn't work well how much would that potentially change the positioning of teams without having to change rosters it, just giving guys with know. that particular that's, skill set more advantage yeah, I think it gives guys who can slide and stay in front and, and a little bit more advantage um, how much, how much remains to be seen, and do you, do you pair that with having a a rim protector, you know, behind them that can, if you can body that guy out a little farther, and then have the rim protector come over, how much does that help and change things? Are you going to see more guys? Are teams going to lean into that more? I mean, it's a copycat league, but I'm like, it's a copycat league. So all you got to do is find like. 20 more Wembys. <laughs> You'll be we fine. Yeah. We're good. We got Chet. We got Wemby. I was about to say Zach Eady, but he's a tad slow, so maybe he's not that guy. But, like, I um, I don't like, I'm, I, I, don't know how they pull that off. I'm, I'm just curious how it looks. Like, I think you can allow it. I'm not sure how much it changes things in the short term. We'll see. So, Monty Williams – as you mentioned, obviously had every right to be upset. Storms out of his press conference. Uh, they're, you know, the officials say mea culpa. You know, they, they essentially said, yeah, we, we missed that call. Uh, but 
is that where it ends? I mean, is there punishment for these officials? Like, what what goes on behind the scenes when there's a blatant screw-up of this magnitude? First off, I think we have to give Dante DiVincenzo credit here. He went low. He did not use the crown of his helmet, so there's no targeting. <laughs> no targeting, yeah. Very clean jacket um, Although there was an ejection. <laughs> yes, it's true. Um, there... Um, in this case, there won't be anything like specifically done. The league admits it was a bad call. The league will not allow, approve a protest of a game um, based on that. So essentially nothing happens. But there is, and this is one of the, uh, among the many frustrations of coaches and players with official officiating is the league will say, look, these guys are disciplined we just do it privately. Like, it's, it's, I don't know if they're fined or or how this works exactly. They, they say, I've heard that there's fines, but what that looks like, and, and it cuts into their, well, hey, you lose some games or something, so you're not getting as much pay. But they're not transparent about it. So it doesn't feel like anything happens to the officials who missed this call. Um, and that's been part of the frustration. It's, it's hey, if... Monty Williams, they haven't announced it yet um, that I've seen um, unless it came down in the last since we got on the phone. Monty Williams is going to get fined for that, right? Like he's going to get fined for ripping the officials and, and storming out of a, out of his. You know, he's going to get a twenty five thousand dollar fine, and the league will send out a press release, and that'll be that. And, and he knew it going in. Whatever's happening with the referee isn't public, and they're trying to protect the. Hey man, we don't want somebody coming into the arena going, "Oh, it's that it's that ref who missed these calls." But not having it be transparent is part of the problem because it feels like nothing gets done. Yeah. Yep. And that's you know, and that's the thing that I uh that I wish was a little bit more transparent. And I understand that you want to yeah. protect the sanctity of the league and the officials and things along those lines, but also you know, when it comes to the NFL or the NBA or whoever, like these dudes get served up on a pedestal. And if somebody misses a kick, they have to go and meet with the media. And if somebody yep. screws up, they've got to be held accountable. But yet you have one pool reporter who gets to talk to an official after a game. And then after that, it's over. And I just think that you know how that works, by the way, you have to pre-submit the questions, although you can follow up. And the entire thing is on Zoom. It is not in person. Wow. So it's it's yeah, it's one person on Zoom. It's it's not um how should we put this not conducive to um like pressuring them a little bit on this. Like they know what the questions are going in. You can follow up, but they're going to know what the follow-ups. You know, there's kind of obvious follow-ups to that. Um so it's yeah, it's not a again, they they kind of get let off the hook. Yeah. And I think it's better for the league because if not, then we got a bunch of people out there that think we've got a bunch of, you know, um, rogue. Who's the uh, who is the gambling ref? Tim Donahue. Yeah, yeah, Tim Donahue. You know, it's like, hey, you yeah. know what? Like, I think it would be good for the league if there was more accountability. And they're like, okay, this guy screwed up. You know what? It was a bad mistake, and he's going to miss the next five games, or he will not be allowed to ref in the playoffs, or whatever the case might be. And just say, yeah. look, this is what we're doing, and let's uh, let's take care of it. Because I've been, you know, when I when we were owned by the Jazz, they let us that the, they would do these meetings with the officials who would come in 
and have these private meetings with select members of the media. And it was fascinating. And they would go through some of the things that they would be held accountable to. And I'm like, this is great information. The public needs to know this stuff. Like, this is really cool to know what goes on behind the scenes. But yeah, they're like, you got to keep this private. It's like, ah, what are we doing here? Come on, let the people know. They very much do that. It's, It's very much a kind of protected ecosystem. And it's, it's an issue. It's it, it really, like you said, just not having that transparency leads to it, it opens the door to that uh, with the rise in gambling and the number of guys are like, man, you know, they had money on the mix in that game or whatever. Like it's it's it adds to that. It adds fuel to that fire because, you know, the Internet abhors a vacuum, man. Like if, if, yeah. if there's no yep. information, they will fill it in with with crazy conspiracy theory things you know it's too bad all jobs don't have that level of protection It'd be nice if scotty and oh yeah I and, and yeah. you we all were protected like that oh i work in the internet industry man i don't see what could possibly happen <laughs> <laughs> everything goes smooth there yeah no no doubt exactly. well kurt appreciate your time as always thanks for hanging out with us uh we'll do it again next week take care guys you got it kurt healing nbc sports and uh, probasketballtalk.com Hey, look who's here. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Best-looking dude in the building. Good How to you see doing? you. How you doing, Jake? No, I'm just ah, I'm waiting for it. I'm here. The party's That's here. Right. Come on, boys. Come on. How we doing? Oh, we're doing we talk, great, man. Are we talking about officiating today or what? Oh, absolutely. We're windows. That's no, frustrating. We're still blaming officials, man. That's just... I just uh, I'm I'm with you though. I I'm to the point, you know, I see stuff like that happen and you've probably talked about it already. It's like just no accountability. Just yeah. just what are the repercussions, right? Players are getting fined for not wearing the socks high enough and this and that. It's like, well, what do officials get? Like, we don't know. I guess stuff does go on behind the scenes. But we know cool coaches know. and players get fined. Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. Monty, Monty's about to get hit. Oh, I yeah. Haven't, I haven't seen the official number, but they went back to Monty, and Monty's like, no, I'm standing where I sit. Yep. Like, wow. This, I, I'm not moving. Hey, you know what I think is, and and I, you know, we, we have some fun, and we like to tease in here, but I think it was so cool that you, I mean, oh, look, we want you here for all of the hits, but the fact that you're here a little late, why? Because you're on an install, man. You could be sending guys out and be like, look, I, I'm going to stay at home. I'm going to do my thing and hang out with the family. But, no, you're at an install, man. That's how much the care factor you have for this company. I appreciate it. No, it's just, uh, again, we try to provide a white glove, white glove service, and I try to find ways, ways, innovative ways for our guys to be safe on the job site, make things go a little more efficient. And so we just have a new piece of machinery that I wanted to go out personally with one of our other installers, test it out, make sure everything runs smoothly, um, just to make uh, the process a lot faster and have things flow uh, with peace of mind during these projects when we're moving up, you know, two or three stories in a, in a house or a building, um, just to give us that uh, efficiency in our work. You never know when the great Nate Orchard's going to show up at your house hey, when you get on a window install. That's right. There, Nate is out every day at different installs, checking in, making sure everyone's doing what they're supposed to, and that we have happy customers. And Nate is very good at that. And that's that kind of speaks to what, like, like our core values. And that's the the biggest thing that we want is a happy end customer, because we we have a lifetime warranty, so yeah. we're going to hear about it forever. And so there's there are things that yeah, it's it is renovation on a home. You are there's an opening in your home. You're switching out the window, and sometimes like things come up that are unexpected as you take out that window. But we do everything that we can to make sure 
that the end product and that the the entire process is as smooth as possible. And then we have a happy customer at the end of the day. At the end of the day, Nate, your home is your sanctuary. Like this is your this is your palace. This is your biggest financial investment you're probably going to make for most of our listeners in your life. You and, and it is your heart and soul. And so you guys respect that. You understand that, look, we're coming into your place. We want to respect you. We want to respect your time and your dollar and make sure that we don't take away from your home. We improve your home. And it's so important. And I love to see the fact that you take that so seriously. I appreciate it. You know, and, and it really does, you know, stem from my childhood and my upbringing. But really, is the last seven years in the NFL um, and, and the different organizations I got to be a part of. Um, from Washington to Cleveland and these other places. I just have taken bits and pieces, and I've always said, you know, someday I'm going to own my own business. I'll make sure I run it the way I want to, treat my players the way I want to be treated, um, and, 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 my, and my employees, right? I had people in Washington who've been there for 30 years, not allowed to eat in the cafeteria, or we have the sauna in one organization, the steam room ceiling collapsed, and the owner does nothing, and it's in the middle of winter. It's just like, why, right? And so we have people within our organization who really care about uh, what we do on a daily basis. And at the end of the day, the end consumer, we want to leave them with just a phenomenal experience so that they then refer us to their friends and family. Well, we love being a small part of it. And we love the fact that you extend big time discounts to our listeners, $3,000 off. That's through the end of the show? That's through the end of the day. So you can call Jeremy, who you'll get a hold of. Call him at dinner time. Like I know he's going to, he loves sitting at his, the dinner table with his wife and his, his two children. Uh, and getting that call. Call him at any time today. We we understand. He always has have, his Franklin Covey yeah, planner on. Franklin Covey. <laughs> yeah. Franklin Covey, he's got it, yes. <laughs> but but give him a call at any time today, uh, and you're going to get that $3,000 off. And part of that is, look, as Nate's saying, we want to take care of the customer. We know how we can transform your home, and we know the difference that it can make in your bills, your energy bills, and the comfort of your home, as well as the curb appeal. And so we just... Give your listeners that little extra $500 off to make it $3,000 off 10 or more windows. But you got to call today. $3,000 off when you swap out 10 windows or more. Three grand, but you got to call it's today amazing. and hit up Jeremy and say, Jeremy, come on, I want my three grand. 801 850 9100. That's 801 850 9100. Also, ask him about the financing options that are available. You can spread out those payments two years, 0%. Uh, no payments. I mean, you can be as creative as you need to be to make sure you can get the windows right now. And we're talking, what, eight to 10 weeks still? Yeah, eight to 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the financing paying for it, we have a way to help you out. That's yeah. it. But Jeremy will be able to walk through all of that with you. 801-850-9100. Call. It's a free opportunity for you to have Jeremy come out to your house, take a look at your homes, give you a bid right there on the spot. You can do the financing right there on the spot. You're not waiting and checking your email, you know, once a day for the next two months, where's that bid going to come in? You can have, frankly, you can have those windows installed before some people even get the bid back to you. This is very true. This is very true. Yes. 801-850-9100. It's advanced windows right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. Ryan Smith sent out a tweet, Ben, with a snazzy-looking mock-up. And the tweet says, uh, Downtown Salt Lake City is the heart of Utah. Our efforts are not about an arena. It's about revitalizing a downtown that desperately needs investment. Imagine a downtown experience like this with the NBA slash NHL at its core. It's exactly what everybody wants to see, is an arena in downtown Salt Lake City. Salt Lake still feels a little quaint. It hasn't quite developed into this, this major 
major metropolis that other downtown areas have, where even like Denver is far more bustling. And bustling is what people want. I mean, the Red Rings look great. And I think an NHL or Major League Baseball team, for that matter, in this community would be incredible for everyone. Now, I don't know if I totally buy into Ryan Smith's downtown slander, but would it benefit from something like this? Absolutely. Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. It's time to saddle up and talk about the winners and the losers. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, here's the good. It is your good, it is your bad, it is your ugly right here on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. The good's about to hit the phone, man. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> when you see that, you're like, all right, that's the first of many. Yeah, it's the first of many. Um, I, I know you got a good on here, and, and I was just sharing this with Nate. Dude, this is such a hard time for college football players that are done with eligibility, ready to move on. Eligibility or otherwise, just trying to move on. Yeah. The uncertainty. Yeah. Especially if they don't have a degree. Which nowadays, it looks like guys get their degrees within two years. Colleges make it, well, I should say football teams make it very easy for players to get their degrees. Unfortunately, now it's biting them in the butt because once you get the degree, you can transfer as many times as you want. Now, I guess you can transfer with or without a degree as many times as you want. But, so it's crazy. The transfer yeah. thing is just open, open. Isn't it? I just, oh boy. Yeah, don't get me started on that. All right. Uh, if you're Zach Wilson... The New York Jets have given you permission to go out and seek a trade. So he and his agent are going to be burning up the phones as Zach Wilson. Good for him. He needs to get the hell out of New York. And it appears that the Jets will not stand in his way to try to facilitate a trade. Now, obviously, the Jets are going to have to sign off on it. They're going to need to get good compensation in return for a former number two overall pick. Mm -hmm. I just don't know what the stock is on Zach Wilson right now. I got a sneaking suspicion some team can get him for a bargain. But a change of scenery... Going to a place that maybe you've got a good established coach and a good established OC would be very good for Zach Wilson. Yeah. He's counting $11.2 million on the cap, and he's due to make $5.5 million in guaranteed money this year. It's not bad. No. $5.5 million guaranteed this year. Fifth-year option for 2025. It'd have to be exercised by May 2nd, but there's absolutely no chance of that happening. And so. hopefully he gets a revitalization on his career. Out from underneath that New York media, which, I mean, look, the day he gets drafted, he has to hop on a radio station, and they're like, hey, man, your mom's hot. You know, it's like, uh, what, what are you doing? Uh, that was day one or that day was, two. Yeah, day one or day two after being drafted. And that's what, like, everywhere you go, if you're in an NFL market, you're going to have a high level of scrutiny on your play. Like, there's no easy media market when it comes to analyzing your ability to play the game of football. But when you're in New York, it gets ramped up to not just a high level of scrutiny on your play, but also everything else. Who did he date? What restaurant was he at? I mean, it's just a pressure cooker. It's a pressure and cooker. They want to chew you up and spit you out. Well, and, you know, it was like worst case, then turned into even worst case for Zach, because worst case was it was New York. They threw him into the fire. Then second worst case was next year. They bring in Aaron Rodgers. They tell Zach, hey, Calm down. Take a back yep. seat. You've got plenty of time. We're going to develop you. Just be there if we need you. One play in, and Zach Wilson is thrown back in after not taking starting reps all camp, trying to take a back seat, learn from Aaron Rodgers. Then he's thrown into the heat behind an offensive line that doesn't want to play with receivers that don't want to catch. Yep. 
And I don't want to continue to make up excuses because Zach's got his own problems. There's no question. It felt like at times he held the ball too long, and that wasn't every throw. That was a few throws. And he's got to figure out a couple of things that he's looking at and doing. But, man, just give him him a shot Yep. to calm down, relax his nerves, and find the right scheme that he fits in with a line that wants to block. There's your good. Let's get to the bad. Now the bad. Well, this is an ugly look. Um, You had the Texas Longhorns taking on the Texas Tech Red Raiders last night, and Brock Cunningham came across the court and threw a big hip check into Darian Williams and knocked him into the scores table. And it was was an ugly shot. Yeah. Um, A brutal shot. I believe that Cunningham was ejected with a flagrant two if I'm not mistaken. But all of a sudden, Texas Tech fans start raining down water bottles down onto the court. They're throwing things down on the court. You've been in a lot of venues. Have you ever thing, seen things get flung from the bench to, um, or the, from the seats? Didn't we see a game at BYU or Utah where people were throwing stuff down on the field? Like, I think, I, for some reason, I thought we saw something here locally once a few years ago for football, oh, football, football, not basketball. I, 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 don't, I don't think I've seen it in person in basketball before. Do you know, I asked Jerry Sloan once. I said, I, we, it, was, it wasn't with Mike's. It was just a casual conversation. I said, what's the craziest thing that's ever happened, like, to you in a game? And he said, well, somebody threw a Heinz ketchup bottle, full glass ketchup bottle down at us. Said it all, was it, he in Philadelphia? He said it all, It almost hit me. Uh, this is when he was playing. Yeah, it was when he was playing. Yeah. He said it, it almost hit me. It hit the court and sp- splashed ketchup all over the place. And, and those, those weren't in the days of the plastic bottles either. Nope, that's the glass bottle. That was the old glass bottles. Would have put a dent in your head. Yeah, in a hurry. For sure. Uh, get uh, Britton Johnson and Spencer Nelson talking about playing overseas in Europe. They got crazy stories in fact i think on. they started putting nets up really because uh they said they were standing at a like a free throw line and all of a sudden like double a batteries are getting thrown down on the field or on the court um texas coach rodney terry said that he told the officials he was considering taking his team off the court this is what he said he yeah said, i did say that to uh, kelly self talking about the official he said i said kelly man if they keep throwing things because they're throwing directly at our bench at this point. I said, we're going to go back in the locker room. I said, I I know we've got one technical foul. It should be a second technical foul. But if they keep throwing things at our guys at the bench, then we got to protect our guys and go inside. He was talking about taking his guys off the bench. This was about 10 minutes left in the in the second half, if I remember yeah. correctly. It was right, right around that point. And Tech fans are known to be a little unruly. They got that reputation. I didn't know that. Oh, well, yeah. I, I knew that Texas and, and Texas Tech had a pretty ugly rivalry. Yeah. And this might be a little bit more violent because Texas is leading the Big 12. Well, and, and Texas has Texas Tech's old coach, too. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. What's uh, their motto? Guns up? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah. 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 And, and then, uh, you know, and I I won't say who I heard this from, but uh, but – if you're struggling with grades, that's where you go to get your college degree. The old adage, if you can't get your grades up, get your guns up. Oh, is that what it yeah. is? Head to Lubbock? Yeah. <laughs> well, the head coach for the Red Raiders, he jumped on the mic, which you never see. He grabbed the mic and he was like, 
All right, everybody. I need you to stop throwing things. I will say that typically when these things happen, it really is about eight to ten people. And 15,000 people get pulled into it. And you're like, hey, I just sit here enjoying the game. Don't get after me. You know who we're talking to. Yeah. When I grab the mic and I'm yelling at 15,000 people to calm it down and stop throwing stuff, you know who I'm talking to. A couple fans did get ripped out of the stands and yeah. chucked out of the, the building for throwing things, too. Because everything's on camera nowadays. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. There's your bad. You want us to get to the ugly or do you want us to uh, move it? Your call, Lloyd. All right, we'll move it. We got uh, Mark Durant. We're going to chat with at 205. Do not want to be late. Plus, we have whole world news coming up next. By the way, um, you mentioned Rodney Terry, the head coach of Texas. Chris Beard was the guy that was at Texas Tech that went to Texas. And then, of course, he had to, he had his situation. Now he's at Ole Miss. So I, I, I spaced about Chris Beard no longer being there. Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present... This is JJ and Alex. Let's see what Utah is. Let's see how they develop, see how healthy they stay. If they are what we think they are, they're the leader of the pack. But I would say overall, this is a wide open conference because everything is new and everything is unfamiliar. It's going to be really fascinating to watch this season play out with so many new teams in the conference. Even some of these new teams from last year, BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF haven't played everybody yet. So there's still such a newness around this conference that is still playing out this season. And then you add Utah, Colorado with Coach Prime and Shadur Sanders. And we know what Arizona was last year. And even though they have a new head coach, they're bringing a great vibe and they're bringing a confidence and they're bringing a little swagger. It's going to be really interesting to see these new teams come in. Catch JJ and Alex afternoons from 3 to 6. Presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. Go! It's time to span the globe for the hard-hitting news you care about. Well, not really. But hey, at least we found it interesting. This is Whole World News on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. We've got, got the, the whole world in our hands. We've got the whole world in our hands. We've got the whole world in our hands. We've got the whole world in our hands. You've got you and me, brother. In our hands, you've got you and me, sister. In our hands, you've got you and me, brother. In our hands, we've got the whole world in our hands. Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hey, by the way, join JJ and Alex. 3 to 6 is the ninth annual uh, on Friday from 3 to 6 at the ninth annual Salt Lake Off-Road and Outdoor Expo at the Mountain America Expo Center. Check out all the cool stuff. Get great deals while getting in some off-road land use ideas. It's all available for you. Get your tickets at uh, S-L-O-R-E-X.com. That's S-L-O-R-E-X.com. Kids 12 and under getting in free. Can't go wrong with that. Well, whole world news today is intriguing, and I'm going to teach everybody a, a couple of facts about the tongue because I think it's kind of an unknown thing that we have. But this is pretty cool. Um, an Oregon woman, her name is Jenny Devander. She just grabbed the title for the thickest tongue in the world. 
Uh, her tongue is 5.21 inches in circumference. So just to give you an idea of what that is, if you, if you just look at, you know, your, your pointer finger maybe to your thumb, that's about five inches if you kind of wrap that around. You're talking, that's, that's the thickness of her tongue, Scotty. That's a, that's a beefy tongue. It's a really beefy tongue. It does fill up her whole mouth, but she's proud of it, and she's proud to hold the Guinness World Record. A um, couple things, uh, facts about the tongue. Okay, before we do that, though, how would you like to be the guy from the Guinness Book of World Records? Like, all right, whip out that tongue. I've got the tape measure. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about that. I'm like, geez. That can't be fun. Uh, I hope that dude's well compensated. I did watch the video of them measuring her tongue and, and 5.21 inches around. Think about that, that, the thickness of that tongue. It's, it's like it's, girthy it's, tongue. It is very girthy. So a couple of uh, facts about the tongue, because I, I think that we all just take it for granted. We just fill this thing in our mouth and it does all the work for us and we never really think about it. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Did you know that every tongue is like a fingerprint? Every tongue is unique. There is not two tongues that are similar really? in the entire world. Is that is that our next uh, form of identification? You just stick your tongue on a pad and they're like, okay. It could be. Instead of your thumbprint, your it, tongue it, print. It a thousand percent could be. It's as unique, if not more unique, than the fingerprints that separate each one of us as human beings. That's how unique your tongue print is. An estimated 2,000 to 8,000 taste buds on every tongue. So when you brought in that salsa and you saw me swishing it around on my on my tongue. I did bring in salsa today. Out of my 8,000 taste buds, I bet I got it on 6,000. Hey, you guys want to do the salsa test? See which one you like most? I had two different kinds of salsa. I want you guys... If you guys are willing to see which one you Let's like. Let's do it. Let's do it. Tell me in. So you're swishing it, huh? Oh, like yeah. Swish, yeah, because you want to get it on every test. But um, <laughs> taste buds renew themselves. Did you know this? Taste yeah, buds I didn't renew- know this. Your, your taste changed throughout your life. Yeah, taste buds oh. renew themselves every two to three weeks. Your taste oh, buds renew themselves. That oh. common. Um, McDonald's doesn't taste good anymore. No, it always tastes good. <laughs> the average human tongue is about four inches in length. So from back to tip, about four inches in length. The human tongue has eight distinct muscles. This group includes four muscles that help with speech and swallowing and four that control the position of your tongue in your mouth. So that's incredible. Um, The tongue is also considered the second strongest pound-for-pound muscle in your body next to your heart. Oh, your heart. See, your heart's number one. Your tongue is number two. Did (laughs) Did you know when you incinerate a body... That the heart is the last thing to burn because the rib cage protects it anyways, things you don't need to know. And then last but not least, have you ever wondered why your hung, your tongue heals your, your tongue heals so quickly? Have you ever wondered why? Your tongue heals so quickly because it's like the superhero of your body. It's got such immense blood supply that when you bite through your tongue, which we've all done it, mm-hmm. it's healed within pretty much two days because your body knows how important your tongue is. So it's a super healer. It's a body super healer. And well, that's it, four minutes. Minutes will never get back. Wow. Hey, uh, <laughs> I am. I like information. Hey, when, when uh, you didn't find any of that, did, nobody oh, found any of that interesting. Oh, I there's a lot of comments I have, but I. <laughs> Probably should keep them to myself. But it's interesting, right? Like <laughs> the tongue is an incredible deal, man. Like it's hey, strong. Look, when, uh, look, I don't know what. Nah, I never <laughs> mind. Yeah. And we're if live. You, if was- you could, if you could replace your your pec muscles with tongue muscles, you could bench like three thousand pounds. 
Well, who says Nate couldn't do that right now? Anyway? Yeah. <laughs> it's a combine, baby. Let's go. I'm ready to go. How, many, how many reps did you put up at the combine? Uh, 23. Woo, that's 23. good. I did that in my pro day. I didn't bench at the combine. That's good. That's really good. What did you get right. now? That was all right. I'd probably do a lot more now than I did then. Why is that? Old man strength, Old man baby. strength. Yeah. Four yeah. kids, that'll do it to you. <laughs> uh, it, I, was hey, just, I was just telling Scotty, I, t- I took my son down in the bench room, and I yeah. was like, hey, well, I still got something. Yeah. Put on 305 pounds. Whoa. Repped it out five times. No. Yeah, and made it look easy. Didn't lift the butt off the bench. And I looked at him like, son, I'm sick of seeing you lift up and acting all theatrical about it. Just be a tough dude. Yeah. Oh, Leave man. your butt on the bench and, and push the weight. That's right. all you got to do. Well, yeah, but it helps me with it. It doesn't help you with nothing. It helps you look like an idiot. It helps you hurt your back. Don't do it. Yeah, it was pretty bad, dude. Nice. Uh, I showed him up. You can still get him. Yeah, I can still Keep get that him. respect level high. Yeah. Hands and Scotty, uh, Advanced Windows, Nate, Jake hanging out with us here in studio. Uh, normally, it's $2,500 off, but you guys don't mess around when you're in studio. $3,000 off, but you got to call today, yeah. bug Jeremy, and say, hey, I need you out of my house. Let's get this bid going, and let's find out what you can do. Yeah, and Jeremy can come out to your house in the next day or two, and he'll be able to walk you through your home. Like When he, when he arrives, he'll get there. He'll look at all of your windows with you. And you can walk through with him, and he'll teach you about what you have right now. And uh, he'll let you know if, if new windows is the right decision for you, if it's if it's new glass, whatever it is, um, he'll be able to inform you and help educate you. And then he can, on the spot, he'll sit down with you and teach you about our product, educate you on our product, and uh, give you the price of what the new windows would cost. And we have different options, uh, different price ranges. So it's we, we have... The ability to fit any budget from uh, the, the type of window to the financing options. Uh, if, if you have, like, you're looking for a 60-month, no interest, for just a low monthly payment, we've got that for you. If you want to wait a year, two years, 12 to 24 months you with no payment, it. no interest, yeah, we can, we can do really that You really do. You just custom design a payment that fits for people. Yeah, it fits for people. And it's and Jeremy will ask questions and you guys talk openly. There's no pressure either. Like that's the other thing I really want to reiterate. There's no pressure when he's there. It's we want customers to be comfortable and we want them to understand like how we can benefit them in their ho- in their house and beautify their home. Two people I want to reach out to really quick. Those of you that are currently working with a window company that maybe you're into the process and, and hopefully you're not too far in. Hopefully they're not like an installation. Yeah. It's too far. Mm-hmm. But I would ask anybody out there that's currently working with a company, just call advance. It, it's no skin off Jeremy's back to come in, take a look at the process and give you an estimate. Yeah. It's no skin off his back. And, and maybe it could save you. And it's probably going to save you thousands yes. potentially. Yes. The, the other people I want to reach out to are the people that are just sick of walking up to their house and seeing the color frame or seeing the design a window or just the, the way that the house looks. If you've ever thought about changing the, the way your exterior looks, just come and sit down with Jeremy and take a look at the gridding and take a look at the different color patterns and, mm-hmm. and the, the way you can specify the exterior look of your home. Yeah. And that's really those, those two uh, demographics he's just named. That's we are here to help you um, from the uh, education to helping you see how we can transform your home. And we have like the ability to save you on your energy bills. The, the windows that we have qualify for rebates of $5.50 per foot from Rocky Mountain Power and Dominion Energy. So you're going to get money back 
from up by upgrading your windows. And you're also going to pay for those windows over time just on those energy bills, the savings yeah. for energy bills. And Nate, you guys can help people walk because, you know, it's, that process can be a little intimidating. You guys can help walk everybody through that. Yeah. From, you know, the moment Jeremy gets there, right, he, he, he explains the product to you. Um, about the company, right? Talks about the vinyl, the glass, and then from there, Matt comes and does his measurement, um, and then is put into our production. And then, you know, eight to ten weeks later, around there is when the installation crew comes by, and our guys are are phenomenal. They're they're mo- all of our guys are master installation certified. Uh, they do a phenomenal job of explaining the process from start to finish, where they'll start in your home, um, and then what that process is like, and. One of my favorite things that, you know, we've been able to provide for our installers is uh, just the highest quality sealant out in the market, right? We use OSI, um, which you can apply it underwater in different weather conditions uh, to give you, uh, the homeowner, peace of mind knowing that these windows are being sealed with the highest quality sealant in the market. Uh, Come on, you got to get this done. $3,000 off when you swap out 10 windows or more. Uh, So many great financing options installed in 8 to 10 weeks. No job is going to be out of bounds in terms of, wow, well, that's a weird shape. We can't put that together. No, you guys can make all that magic happen. All you have to do is call right now, bug Jeremy, and say, look, I need these windows. I want to bid. I want to know my financing options, and I want to know it now. 801-850-9100. Call. Let's get you going. 801-850-9100. It's Advanced Windows right here on The Zone. Looking for the latest on the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies? Yeah. We've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the Sports Zone. Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All right, let's give away some tickets. It's a win ticket Wednesday right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. The Doobie Brothers? No, Santana. Yeah, Doobie Brothers last week. Uh, right now, call number 12, 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-ZONE. And you will get tickets. It's that simple to go see Santana uh, coming up August 21st, 801-575-ZONE at the Utah First Credit Union Amphitheater. All right. Game of the year in college basketball here in the state of Utah. BYU goes into Allen Fieldhouse. No big deal. The ghost of Naismith. Nah. Step aside for a moment. BYU is coming away with a victory. And to help break it down, Mark Durant, kind enough to join us. Mark, you were there, you were courtside, you saw all the action. Just how cool was that moment for BYU? Well, man, I I mean, that's the bucket list of all bucket lists right there, and I don't have to tell you guys how cool it was just to go and uh, be in that building and the, the home of basketball, the birthplace of basketball, really, in a lot of respects, and James Naismith Court and Fog Allen Fieldhouse. I mean, it was just really, really cool. As someone that basketball has been such a big part of my life, to be in that building was was uh, you know it was uh, something else. It was it was ethereal. It was heavenly, and so there was that part of it. And then for BYU to play like they did and uh, make big plays at the end of that game, get 
make some big defensive plays, you know, go down the list, Dallin Hall, Trevin Nell, Jackson Robinson, Richie Saunders, and Cassini Traore. I mean, everybody, Waterman, everybody contributed, made big plays in, in just the most high-pressure, intense, movie-like environment I've ever experienced and to perform at a high level and get a win in that place that we've just been talking about. I mean, it was really cool. Aside from me being a BYU fan, it was just a cool basketball experience, and uh, I loved it. I just loved it. Well, that's kind of why we had to have you come on is, like, confirm the fact that BYU did, in fact, win. Because, <laughs> you know, you're, you're watching it play out, and you're like, so this is happening, huh? So Hall is going to step back and knock down a three to extend the lead. Talk about just that play alone where I believe BYU was up two at the, that point and, and a Hall steps back and knocks down a three and you just sit there and shake your head? Well, a few minutes before that, I could tell Dallin was was kind of – he had that look in his eye and he had it in, in, late in the game at San Diego State where it was just a sense that he was not going to let BYU lose the game. And he, he had a really tough, hard drive to the bucket for – to the basket for two – hit another three, and then when he – and all game on Dickinson, uh, I mean, he is – he he makes hands look like a toddler. I mean, he's a massive human, <laughs> and he he's just such a dominant physical presence. But it was difficult for him to guard the three-point line at times, and once he got switched uh, onto uh, Dallin Hall, I could see Dallin measuring him knowing he was going to shoot, just trying to, to find the right the spacing to get it over him. And uh, he, he let it fly, and it was it was pure, man. That, that, that's such a, a gutsy shot. And uh, and it wasn't just Allen. Everybody made plays like that. And it was, it was an iconic shot uh, and something I'll remember forever. But that whole team effort was, was really something. What's it like as a player when you have those shots or have those moments where you're like, I'm going to remember that the rest of my life? You know, you know, you know, hands has it in football, you know, but for us, Joe Schmuckatelli is like myself that never got to experience playing athletics at that high of level. What's that moment like when you're like, you know what? I just did something really, really cool. Well, I don't. I don't have a lot of those, uh, but I was on teams where guys made those types of plays. And I go back to Robbie Reed hitting the big shot at Utah. Sorry to bring that up for the Utah fans, but that was just an amazing moment at the Huntsman Center. He hit a shot like Dallin Halls, and we won that game. And and the celebration and just the the feeling of (laughs) elation and love for your teammates and just because, listen, as you guys know, there's a lot of heartbreak in sports, and there's probably a lot more heartbreak than uh, those kind of games and those kind of feelings. So I, I always just really try and enjoy it when good things happen and uh, just bask in it because uh, that doesn't stay around for very long most of the time. And uh, so, it, I mean, it's a, it's a special memory that those guys will have forever. I mean, those guys went into Allen Fieldhouse in Kansas uh, and with all the – six championship banners and all the players on the banners and in, in, in the most difficult environment to play maybe in the country. And they got it done. And that's something you can always look back on and say that that was a, a really special moment. I can't imagine what it feels like to be like a Dallin hall that actually made the shot, man. That, that's beyond my pay grade as a player. 
Uh, but that, that's really cool. And, you know, these kids, uh, they got a lot, a lot of perks and a lot of, you know, positive things, but they also take a lot of criticism and, you know, their parents hear a lot of the criticism and it, it's a tough thing to be a player in today's social media world. And, so I just love when good things happen for him, uh, that it can be a special thing. And Allen deserves it. He's been playing great. Yeah, his play as a point guard, as a sophomore, coming into the Big 12, playing against the competition he has and his low, turno- low turnovers and hitting big shots. I mean, running that team has been remarkable. So Congrats to Dallin. That's a special shot, but the whole team is, celebrates that that shot, and it's it. They all made it. I mean, it wasn't just Dallin. They all made it, and uh, it'd be a great memory. Mark, did you get to hear uh, Bill Self's post game? Did you get to listen to any of that? Didn't listen to it, but I heard a couple of things he said. He yeah, asked some reporting oh, on it. Well, the comment we went through. I did three cut segment with it because I thought it was fascinating. His specific take on BYU, and the one that really struck out to, or stuck out to me was he called him Tror, but he said, "Man, that big forward <laughs> Tror, he just he only scored six points, but he wrecked us." Kind of expand on that a little bit. What was Torore doing that just? changed and affected so many things in that game oh Fosini Troar yeah (laughs) yeah he he was great and let me talk about a couple things two he had five assists in the game and two of them were late and he got the ball down low where he could have tried to force up a shot because he's he's really good on, on the block and but you got Dickinson there you got Adams there that's tough and rather than force it he kicks it to an open shooter in the corner and they hit two big threes because of his passing. Uh, and so that was incredible unselfishness and incredible awareness for a big man. Um, talk about Ali Khalifa's passing a lot, which we should, but the Pusini is a very good passer and, and made big plays there. And then on the other end, you know, he's pretty undersized. I mean, talking about looking like a toddler, uh, he, he, he looked half the size of uh, Dickinson, but I tell you, he is incredibly strong, and his size, his his shorter height almost works to his advantage because he get, has real low center of gravity, real strong legs. So as long as Dickinson doesn't beat him to the block, he can't move Foos. I mean, he, he Foos will be able to keep him away, and and that was hard for Dickinson. He got he got his clearly, uh, but a lot of the times he was forced to hit. He shoot a little bit longer shot than he was comfortable with, so he missed a few of those. And and overall, I think BYU got in his head a little bit. Trevin Nell got mixed up with him a little bit, and and he ended up missing a ton of free throws. I mean, it was brutal watching him, but but I thought BYU did a great job, and it started, I think, with how physical Poos and I think Ali Khalifa. Ali, Ali's a big body. He's hard to move as well, and it, so it was not easy for, for Hunter Dickinson. All right, so – Everybody, I, I I don't think you can go to the grocery store, Mark. I don't think you can fill up a tank of gas with somebody coming up to you and asking you, how does a team that went 7-9 and nine in the West Coast Conference last year now already have 20 wins in Big 12 play, the hardest conference in all of college basketball, including a win in Kansas against the Jayhawks a year later? How is that even possible? Well, <laughs> I don't know that I know the answer, but I know that just living another year, like your radio show is 
way better this year than it was last year. I mean, you guys, you guys were pretty average last year. <laughs> we were seventy nine <laughs> in West Coast play last year in radio yeah. terms. Yeah, I mean that's 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 generous. Uh, but, <laughs> but you've you've and you've been together and you've worked together and 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 time makes you better, especially at that age. A year can make all the difference in the world. Also being together uh, i mean most of this team was that team last year and they've been playing for several years now uh, together and that's really unusual in college basketball now you get teams like utah state that are playing incredible basketball just bringing in kind of a new team but uh, i think if if you can have a team where you don't lose a lot of guys you bring in a couple key pieces like ali khalifa then you can really make a lot of improvements just knowing each other and knowing the system and knowing where the other guy's going to be all the time. So I think that's big. And then, you know, guys like Dallin Hall and Richie Saunders coming off a mission, hadn't played for a couple of years as freshmen, they're going to make exponential improvements. And Noel Waterman, now what a dude Noel Waterman is. He, I, I, I feel bad about how I felt about him last year. He did fine. He made some. He made a lot of shots, but he has become such a force defensively and rebounding. He's completely new player, completely. And I credit him uh, recognizing where he needed to improve and, and getting better. And so I mean, a lot of things. Ali, obviously, Ali Khalifa. He he makes uh, everything work a little bit better in the spacing. And he's and and people cut harder because they know that they're going to get rewarded from him. And and he's he's he creates a lot of offense just by himself. That is to say, all that's just kind of factored into it, I think. I don't know that there's one answer, um, but they've kind of found a little bit of something and some confidence and uh, a real team unity, and that goes a long way in college basketball nowadays. So yesterday I was getting ready for this game, and <clears throat> Greg was joining us, and, and before Greg could come on, I was just doing some research that morning on on shooters and, and maybe who's got the influence on the team. And I was looking at Jackson Robinson's numbers coming into that game, and – Mark, I'd found that he was 7 of 41 um, from three in the losses over the last 11 games. 7 of 41 in the losses. That's 17%. He was 18 of 38 from three in the wins, hitting 47%. A very heavy influence. But the crazy thing was, the thing that I, I just was looking at thinking, oh, man, this is this is not looking good. He was 3 of 21 from three in his last three road games. And this was a difficult road a game and a difficult place to play, but Jackson Robinson shakes off all of that and comes out and has a fantastic performance last night, scoring 18 points, going four of nine from three, six of 15 from the field. And I don't know if he's nailed down the sixth man. It, it sure feels like he should, but should his role change? Will his role change when you get into tournament play? Do minutes go up? Does he potentially force into the starting five, or or do you just keep rotating him like you've done? Yeah, I mean, all you all you said was accurate. Uh, he, he has struggled at times, and when he does, BYU tends to lose because he's that important of a player. Um, but it's remarkable these young kids. He and you know, Trevin Nell or whoever, they, they have zero memory of the last shot they took. Like Trevin last night missed a, a three as bad as I've ever seen a three missed. And then the next time down the floor, they hit him again and he nails a huge three. So they're, they're, the memory of great shooters, they, they have no memory. All they remember is they're great. And they don't remember the, the last shot that they missed. And so Jackson's that kind of guy. 
completely unflappable, as cool uh, as they come, almost relishes in the big situations, the big shots. And he, he really delivers when it counts. I, I would like him to be, you know, a little bit more consistent. Um, but that's, you know, <laughs> that, that's a little small pet peeve. Uh, but when he's when he's on, uh, BYU usually wins. And he, he does a lot of other things well. I like he's being a little more aggressive this year. But, but uh, as far as if you need a guy to hit a shot down the stretch, man, choose Jackson Robinson. He's He's a – just a dead, deadly uh, guy late in the game. And um, so, you, you know, it, it, it's a tough, a little bit of a tough road for BYU. And they rely so much on the three. So if you don't make threes like at Kansas State, it's going to be a, a real struggle. But but when they're good and when they can shoot, I'd say, above 35% and shoot 30-plus threes and Jackson leading the way, uh, you can beat anybody. And they showed that last night. Well, I think uh, I don't think it was in doubt going into the game, but BYU certainly a tournament lock after that game last night and winning a game at Kansas. Uh, so, what are your expectations this year? Uh, obviously, you know you want to make a run in the tournament, but it feels like hey, everything now is just the cherry on top of what's already been a fantastic season. Yeah, you know, listen, we in Utah have a inferiority complex about the tournament and stuff. And, and so I wasn't, I wasn't quite sure that, you know, people talk about him being a lock. I wasn't sure that I think they are now with that win. So now it's about, let's not just get to the tournament. Let's yeah. put ourselves in a position where we can have some success. Cause that's really kind of been the burden on BYU. You know, you're always at eight to 12 and you know, hardly ever get past the first round, but if you can somehow get a four or five, and, and that's now that's now a reasonable idea after beating Kansas. If you can win a couple home games, maybe win one game in the conference tournament, and, and then you really put yourself in a nice spot. Maybe you're in Salt Lake. I mean, can you imagine? Being oh yeah, a five seed in Salt Lake. Distinct that, that, possibility that, now. Yeah, that that could put you in a great spot to win. Actually, do something in the tournament, and, and that's fun. And so. As great as that win was last night, it was an all-timer. I hope that was not the high point for this team. And I hope they can continue to win games and put themselves in a great spot in the NCAA tournament to actually win some games. And I think they're capable of it. They've got, you know, they've got their weaknesses. And maybe they'll have a, a tough game. But one of the things I like about playing in the Big 12, getting to the NCAA tournament, there's not a team in the country, whoever they face, that they'll be surprised by, surprised by the athleticism or not uh, kind of not be ready for it. Because in, uh, in past years, I think BYU play, has played well, but they get to the tournament and they play at Texas A&M or Cincinnati or whatever, and they, they just weren't used to it. But they're certainly get, getting used to playing against these type of great teams and physical athletic teams and so that won't be a surprise to them, and I hope they get a good seed and, and we're able to do something with it. I'm uh, I'm thinking a, a BYU Utah State second round matchup here in Salt Lake City. <laughs> Listen, uh, uh, that would be amazing. I'm not saying it wouldn't be amazing, but. Uh, Let's, listen. Let's. How about we meet? How about we meet, meet in the final four or something? There you go. Uh, I prefer that a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't want to see. I don't want to see any Utah teams. I don't want to see Gonzaga or St. Mary's. I, I want. I'm just. It's been too long. I just want something, something different. 
The last bracketology I saw was Gonzaga on a play on I 11. I did too, yeah. And BYU was the yeah. 7. No, thank you. Yeah, hard, as much hard. as I think BYU could beat them, I, I, I just I'm, I'm done with that. I don't want, I don't want to see that. Although it would be kind of fun to uh, bounce Gonzaga from the NCAA tournament oh, after all those yeah. years on the West oh, Coast. Yeah. Be oh, such well, a good they, film. they did it the year before. Yeah, that's they right. In and then they could, year that the year that they leave would be a nice uh, symmetry there. Yep. Well, Mark, you're the best, man. Always good catching up with you. Not only a heck of a commentator, but a good friend and a good dude. And uh, can't thank you enough for always being willing to uh, jump on and talking about some great moments there for BYU basketball. Uh, it, it was fun. Thanks for having me on. And I, I can't think of two guys I like better than you two. You're, you're great friends. And uh, I know you're happy for me because I'm happy and I would be happy for you. I mean, I, I love what Utah State's doing and the good times you're having and hands doing the football. I mean, I just, it's just really fun to be a part of it. Well, I'm going to come down and see you Saturday. Um, I'm headed down to the game for TCU and, and I'll come down and give you a big bear hug. You and Rubes. <laughs> do it, brother. Do it. Bring a chocolate pinata with you, my friend. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll break one at the court side. <laughs> there he is, Mark Durant. Uh, color analyst for BYU basketball and uh, part of history last night with that call. I uh, I wish I wish I was in a spot where I could listen to the end of that call because that would have been fun to hear him and Greg enjoying that one and letting that one savor a bit. He's the ultimate professional, man. Yep. Been by Greg's side for 20-plus years, 23, 24 years. Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. We'll spin the wheel, a little sports for that coming up next. But uh, Jake and Nate hanging out with us here in studio. And, Nate, there's not a weird window out there that you guys haven't seen. There's not a situation you guys haven't dealt with. You've been in this business for a long time. It's been part of your fan family. It's in your DNA. So there's nothing you show up to and be like, wow, we haven't seen that before. Like, you guys are prepared for anything. For the most part, right? I mean, we've we've worked on homes from 1902, right, and 1940s. I mean, you name it, yes, different eras and whatnot, but at the end of the day, the guys are able to just figure it out. With their knowledge, you know, the manpower that we have and the experience with Brad, who's our install manager, been doing this for 30 years. Uh, David Ray has been doing this for almost 40 uh, you got guys that just have our wealth of knowledge and have seen it maybe once every 15 years, but yeah. they're like, you know what? I think we know how, with this certain application, this is what we need to do here. Let's remove the outside stops. Let's make sure we set it in this way, put wraps on the outside, all these things, right? And so it's fun for me. I get to, to go out with the guys, pick their brains, get to speak with customers, and just explain the installation process and what it's going to be like and just, again, at the end of the day, beautify their home and, and make it a place they can walk up to and be proud of. Do you guys ever get a call from the, like, installers or from Jeremy, you know, one mm-hmm. of the guys coming up and say, you got to come look at this. you got to oh. come take a look at these windows. you got to come take a look at what they've got in here. I'd say so every Monday morning we have a meeting with our team kind of reviewing the week and then, like, from the past week and then going forward to, like, the game plan. And uh, that's the opportunity to kind of like go through and like, hey, this is like if there's anything troubling and then highlights. And Nate does this like he's got his little slide deck that he prepares for the before and after photos. Uh-huh. It's night and day. Like I'm I'm telling you, like it is it's amazing how a house can be transformed. The, the, just the look. Just You're talking the about look. the look. You talk you you want to update your home, start with windows. Yeah. Like and that's like coming from like windows have not always been in my DNA. Like I'm, I'm relatively compared to most of our employees. I am the new kid on the block, mm. but like you want to transform your home. You want to update your home. Call us because windows will make your home pop with a beautiful white window or a tan, dark tan, whatever it is you're looking for. You want to have a black window. 
with kind of like a contrasting color. We can take care of you, and your home will be transformed. It's but, a- but there is, like Nate saying, that there's nothing that we've never run into. Like, yeah. We just ran into something new. We uh, A burnt orange window was what we just sold no, down. Oh, burnt orange. A burnt orange. So the custom color that oh. we've never seen before. So Texas orange. Longhorn. Yeah, oh. down in southern Utah. So it's we can we can customize your home and uh, the windows. I, I did have somebody actually send a tweet at me ask it if you guys can do distorted glass. What is distorted? Uh, yeah, is distorted a, glass like a um, like a rain like a rain or, glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. You, we have you, all, you that. Do all that. Yes, yeah. And the glass that we use is the best in the industry. Uh, we get it from Cardinal IG. And they are, it's it's a premium product. Mm-hmm. Just like the sealant that Nate's talking about, we have a premium product that we put in our windows with from the vinyl to the glass to the sealant. It's a premium product, and we're giving it to you at a better price because we cut out the middleman. Uh, I'd imagine that this person is just wondering about security a little bit because there are windows yeah. at the front of your house or in a bathroom or a kid's room where you don't want people to be able to see yeah. in. Yeah, so like some obscured glass, and we have different options of the obscured glass from just mm-hmm. like kind of like the, the fog glass to the raindrop to if you want the little bevels that like 1970s. That, uh, yeah, the old bevels. Yeah, the old bevels. <laughs> we, can, we can do any of that for you. And it's uh, like I said, you're gonna get a better product for a better price because we manufacture the windows and we cut out the middleman, and you have a lifetime warranty. It's just all the, the whole product, the experience is going to be top of the line, and we just ask people call. We want to take care of you. It's really simple. Call Jeremy eight zero one eight five zero ninety one hundred. Three thousand dollars off. Dollars off. Three thousand dollars off when you swap out ten windows or more. But that ends today. You call tomorrow, it's still a great deal at $2,500 off, but today you're going to get $3,000 off. Uh, if you're, look, your situation, look, Christmas was a couple months ago. You're like, hey, you know what? I'm I'm not as liquid as I'd like to be. Don't worry about it. You're going to have two years, no payments, no interest if you want to go that route. Yep. Uh, you can customize the financing any way you want. There's so many great opportunities. It all starts with that phone call, 801-850-9100. It's advanced windows right here on The Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. RSL head coach Pablo Mastroni. For you, as you have messages to deliver to the team, is it more effective to use profanity to the team in English or Spanish? The Spanish guys say I use a lot of profanity. Spanish was my first language. We moved to the States when I was four. I grew up in a family of butchers, and we owned a butcher shop in Argentina, and it was all the guys working in the butcher shop. So I learned all the bad words, and I would always say it. The guys would laugh, and all the women in the family would always be like, this ridiculous it's so funny because i rarely use profanity in english and and the only time i ever use it is to really make a point of uh, emphasis but in spanish apparently i use it all the time without even knowing because that's the way i was (laughs) (laughs) i believe and love it catch dj and pk mornings from six to ten presented by murdoch hyundai utah's number one hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row on 97.5 the ksl sports zone the wheel is loaded and it's time to talk some sports this is sports roulette with hanson scotty on 97.5 the ksl sports zone
Hudson, Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Let's get going, folks. Let's do it. Time to spin the old wheel. Sports roulette. We take some of the big storylines we've not had a chance to get to or spend enough time on. We put it on roulette wheel. We spin it wherever that little ball lands is what we end up talking about. Let's get to it. Lloyd fired up. Does Scotty get paid more for OT? So when it hits OT, do you like look up at the athletic director and give her like a, a thumbs up or pointing to the watch, Sam? In OT, baby, do you, do you yell at Danny Sprinkle? Hey, this is gonna cost you. None of this flat rate stuff, man. O- OT putting a little bit of uh, putting a little bit of push on the evening, but Scotty, I was interested to hear your call. On the banked in three. So, just for the record, uh, usually I keep a considerable amount of water next to me throughout the course of a game. I uh, I forgot my water bottles, and Fresno did not have water available. And so, I was already pretty parched at this point. This was not a great time for the voice to leave me. Uh, set up this moment, though. But, all right, so, uh, Fresno led by two uh, late with about, I want to say, 30 seconds left. Uh, Mason Falslev got fouled, went one of two from the free throw line. So Fresno's got the ball in a one-point lead. Um, Utah State is forced to foul. So that sends Fresno to the line for two free throws. Guy makes both with, I think at that point, it's eight seconds left. So he makes both free throws, eight seconds left to go in the game. And so Utah State is down by three, and that's where we pick it up. Here comes the second free throw. Xavier Ducell, elite free throw shooter. Shot up, shot good. Three-point game. Aggies need to get this thing off quickly because Fresno State's going to foul. Here comes Darius Brown. Pump fakes the three. The shot is up. Good. He fakes it in with 1.3 left. Here comes the inbound. And it's tapped away. And Utah State just sent this to overtime. What a three by Darius Brown to send this to overtime. Oh, my goodness. The miracle season for Utah State remains alive. Yes, it did. That's good, buddy. Nah. No, it sounds good. No, I didn't. The voice just left me. What I like is you gave the the top-end mention where you said they're going to foul. Yeah, because I'm thinking they've got to foul. They're going to foul. They're by three to put them at the line for two. Yeah, and Justin Hudson in his postgame afterwards said, I told my guys we had to foul, and we had great Osibor on early in the show. And he set a high screen because he figured they were going to foul and saw that they didn't foul right away. So he came up, smart play by him, to recognize, okay, they're not fouling. They're going to eventually try to. I can come up, set a screen, give my guy a little bit of space, which he did, and the guy banks in the three. Wow, that was an incredible shot, too. Hit it right in the middle of the square and drops straight down into the net. And by the way, Fresno, that's a cavernous arena. It seats probably, I want to say, 13,000. It's a big arena. They have a hockey team there, and they do a bunch of stuff. And there were probably 600 people. Oh, no. And so that's why it doesn't sound like there's any environment there because there yes, wasn't. Was there a crowd mic? There was. I had a crowd mic. I had it cranked. And, you. I mean, there was just nobody there oh, because they're so- bad and – the community's given up on them. They had three key players out with injuries. Like, everybody assumed Fresno was going to lose that game badly. 
And so nobody showed up. Like, it was calling a game in a mortuary. It's probably a good thing you didn't drink that water, though. Isn't that where uh, Aaron Brockovich was based out of? PG&E? Yeah. We don't P- want to drink PG&E? that. PG&E? PG&E. By the way, that water we brought in was, we brought it in special for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's a highly underrated show, by the way. I thought, they only, I thought they only drank wine in that area. Yeah, we're not quite Napa Valley. That's uh, that's not vineyard Fresno's, country. Fresno's a little bit more blue collar. Okay, you got to go a little. I think a little further north. I think Aaron Brockovich is more uh, Bakersfield, maybe. Oof. Uh, this sets Utah State up for getting the outright conference championship. Now, yeah, they've got a couple of games here to finish. The end is is tough, but what San Jose State next? Yeah, they got uh, no. They've got Air Force on Friday, right. and then they go and then they go to San Jose. If they win those two games. They'll be guaranteed, well, not guaranteed. Boise is still with them equal record-wise in the conference. Uh, they're both 11-4 uh, and four in conference play. Um, is San Diego State's right there too, aren't they? Uh, San Diego State's a game back. Uh, but Utah State would have the tiebreaker with Boise State if both teams went out. But Boise State's schedule is a nightmare down the stretch. I think they still have to go to San Diego mm-hmm. State. So the likelihood of them running the tables pretty pretty slim to finish with new mexico uh and yeah utah state's final game will be against new mexico at home. in logan in logan yeah all right uh lloyd spin it uh kansas football coach makes what did you see what yeah. kansas just did for lance leipold Woo. kansas is now paying lance leipold seven million dollars a year we're talking about this Kansas is, football. We're not talking Bill Self and Kansas basketball. We're talking Kansas football. Football. So they essentially, they didn't extend him. They just attached another couple million dollars a year on his current deal. So he was making $5 million and they just brought him up to $7 million. Um, That basically takes Leipold to the top three in average salary in Big 12. He's making... Three times more than his initial salary at Kansas. Jeez. When he was hired back in 2021. Three times more. Uh, you saw Kansas up close and in person. Yeah. It's, he's, it, it's, he's a heck of a coach. It's a fantastic I, offense. I just, I love the offense. I love what he does. I just don't know if it's worth oh, $7 million a year. It's a spectacular offense. Yeah. And there's going to be some fun components and they're going to be really good this year. That's like what Jimbo Fisher was making with A&M and they have like a lot of money. Oh, I'm telling you seven million a year, but they've got Devin Neal. Who's going to be coming back. The quarterbacks Jalen Daniels. That's going to be back. Nobody wants to see Kansas next year. Now they got a coach that's flexed out. I'm sure that they've got, if they're paying him 7 million, they've infused collective. So they've got collective money. They're going to pay some transfers. I'm just wondering, is Kansas pushing all their money to the center of the table and say it's all sports? Yeah, I guess so. Should we take wagers on when uh, the quarterback goes down with injuries, though? Oh, no. I don't, nobody would do that anymore. That's, he's over under he's, six, six, six games. He's going to stay healthy. I sure hope so for that young man. But it's just crazy to me. The other thing, you, you know, Kalani Sataki – his contract may be private, but he knows what his contract is. And now he knows what Lance Leipold's contract is. He knows he's got a good understanding of where the Big 12 is. Yeah. 
And I'm sure Kalani's doing well. I'm sure he's happy. I haven't heard any complaints, but I guarantee he's not around seven million bucks. Well, and and look, let's be honest. After this year, he doesn't have a lot of leverage. But if they go on a hot streak next year and they finish, you know, third or fourth in the contract on the in the conference, then he needs to be chirping. If their football does what their basketball oh, is currently yeah, doing, absolutely. Yeah. Then it's. It's time. It's time for a big-time upgrade. Hans and Scotty will wrap up this bad boy next right here on The Zone. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present... This is JJ and Alex. Stevenson Sylvester, former youth legend. I think Utah number one stands in Utah's way. Outside of that, you know, you got to go with Oklahoma State, right? Oklahoma State did a terrific job last year in keeping up with Oklahoma and Texas in the conference, getting the Doug Walker winner and in, in, in Gordon out there. Ultimately, we stand in our own way. Then I believe, you know, Oklahoma State and Kansas State. I just think those other schools are very inconsistent. You know, they might have a week where they look great, and then the very next week they look like crap. There's not a consistent team in the Big 12 that I can say would stand in the way of Utah. Catch JJ and Alex afternoons from 3 to 6 presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. Number one. Miss any part of the show? Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hanson Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at kslsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Standing here beside you, want so much to give you this love in my heart. Hans and Scotty wrapping up another edition of the show. Fun one today. A lot of great basketball. And by the way, Lloyd has efforted and he has delivered the man of the day yesterday. Will join us coming up on Friday. Dallin Hall will join us coming up at 105. Ah, yes. The efforting. The efforting that was had paid off. Dude had an incredible, uh, he had a couple incredible shots against Kansas, but that step back to extend was Huge. just. Yeah, dirty. It's about the time you tweeted, wasn't it, Lloyd? Were you, didn't you tweet some eyeballs yesterday? Yes. Yeah, I did. It's like BYU Three sets Kansas. of eyeballs. Eyeballs, yeah, it's three sets of it's more important then, you know. Yeah, is. the yeah. more eyeballs you have, the Absolutely. more you mean it. Uh, are we just, <clears throat> guys, are we just resigned to the fact that the, the, the Jazz are the Jazz? But the Jazz have to find, if they're looking to to convey, they got to find a way to win some games. Yeah, well, maybe Danny Ainge doesn't want to convey. Maybe Danny Ainge wants to be picking. He wants an event, an eventful draft night. And maybe we need to effort Danny Ainge to see what he's looking for, what he's trying to get te- done. I can tell you the answer to that right now. Oh, I'm efforting Danny Ainge. <laughs> yeah. Because... I want to ask him, so, Danny, are you guys forced to win right now so that you can move away from your first-round draft pick? Hey, uh, look, uh, I love you and I spent a lot of time working with and for the Utah Jazz. Nothing but admiration for that organization and the people that run it and the social media squad. Uh, But they're pumping out content right now. And on the Utah Jazz official account, they sent out a – a video of their head chef who I have not had his food, but I've heard he's a magician in the kitchen, but he put out a recipe and a video of him making sweet and sticky barbecue ribs. Yeah. 
And I'm like, I don't want to be that guy on Twitter. I don't want to be that guy on the Twitter. But you cannot call these barbecue ribs because, first off, he sears them. He cuts them up individually. Are these a beef or a pork? Uh, I got to imagine they're pork. And then he sears them in they look oil. Like a pork St. Louis. And then, and then he puts a glaze on them and sticks them in a conventional oven. Okay, guess what? You don't sear and put things in a conventional oven for, for barbecue. That needs to go on a smoker if you're going to call it barbecue. I know, I know you got mad at me when I, yeah, I look, but if you're going to use the words barbecue, there's a certain criteria which you have to have. You just can't call that barbecue. That does look tasty. Yeah, I'm not saying it doesn't. Look, I'd like I'm, to I'm sink sure my teeth in. I'm sure stickers. they're very tasty, but you can't go around using the words barbecue all willy nilly. There's a definition of barbecue, and that is not barbecue. I put that barbecue on 8,000 taste buds in my mouth. I know. Your girthy tongue, I'm sure, would love that, that those ribs. And they're ribs. Not again. But they're baked ribs. They're seared and baked ribs. Those are not barbecue ribs. Do you like when you can eat your ribs with the tongue and the top of the mouth and not have to involve your teeth? Well, um, you know, KCBS judges want a little bit of a bite through. So they, they want to be able to use their teeth. Mm. I'd like a little bit of bite. I don't like when it's mushy. Yeah. You yeah. Can't, you, they're, not gonna, they're not okay if you just gum it. Yeah. You got to, uh, there's got to be a little bit of effort put into it. You know what I mean? These ribs look good, bud. I'm sure they're great. I'm not saying they're not do good ribs. they look ribs, like barbecue ribs? But they're not. The, you look Scotty at that. And, or hands? You see that and no, do you think barbecue? I don't think barbecue. Okay, that's I, all I'm saying. That's I all. almost think uh, Korean style ribs is what I think. Like that Korean star style barbecue ribs? No, just Korean Korean style ribs, bud. Yeah, I, I'm not as strict as Scotty on the barbecue lingo, but because I think you can have barbecue when you use a good barbecue sauce, but no, this is like an Asian style. Yeah. Which is fine, and I'm sure they're great because I've heard nothing but great things about their chef, that he's amazing, and and they look great. I'm just saying. Oh, they look really good. Let's just be careful about how we use our terms. They look a lot better than the jazz product on the corner. Yes, that's the kind of content you'll probably see more out of the jazz account. Yeah. All right, Nate, Jake, hanging out with us in studio, Advanced Windows. All right, folks, this is it. You'll so, have until today, like any business today. today. The end of today. To call Jeremy up, right? Yep, call Jeremy up and mention... Uh, the show, and you're going to get an additional $500 off 10 or more windows. So we'll give you $3,000 off, but you got to call today and just get on the schedule where Jeremy can come out to your house in the next day or two. 801-850-9100. I want you to put that number in your phone while we're kind of talking. Hopefully you're pulled over or you're at a place that you can put the number in your phone. If you're streaming, yes. 850-9100. 801-850-9100. Put it in your phone. It is Jeremy who's going to answer. Yeah, Jeremy will answer. He'll also be the one that comes out, takes yeah. a look at the house, and gives you that estimate. And how does that estimate process work? Like, it went, once he goes through the process, how does so that it's, work? So it's interesting. You have a lot of companies, like, that go door-to-door, or where they have, like, a set sales pitch. It's two-and-a-half-hour presentation. They have all these slides they have to go through. It's We are nothing like that. We are, like, the goal is that they come in your house, you feel very comfortable, you can ask them questions, They'll walk through your house and look at each of your windows, kind of give you a, the measurement of each of those, the rough measurement of those windows, and then he'll walk you through and tell you what he's seeing. And it's like, hey, look at look at this corner of this seal. Look at this frame, and there's a little crack here. These are the imperfections. These are the issues that you might have, and this is what's causing that. And now this is what we can offer you. 
and and he can give you the idea of what you, the different options that you can choose from from like the actual like the the different window uh, windows that we have to the financing options and then he'll give you the price on the spot. It's a 45 minute conversation. No pressure and you can decide you get that quote, have him come, call today and you don't need to buy today. Make that very clear. It's just have him come out to your house the next day or two and that quote will if he'll give you that price and we will respect that price. Yeah. It's, you can think about it if you need to. Um, but just know that like we, we want to take care of you. So you don't need to sign something today to get that $3,000 no. no. off. You just need to set up your appointment, and you'll honor the prices when Jeremy comes by yeah. and, and uh, takes a look at your house. Yep. That's right. And those are the, there are people out there that, hey, maybe you don't need windows right now. Maybe it's just like some window coverings. Uh, it's You want to put some new shutters in, some new uh, blinds. That we have that as well. We are we like to call ourselves like your one-stop shop for windows. You buy from us, you're gonna have a lifetime warranty. You will only call us for any issues. If you need window coverings, we can handle that for you. Uh, if, if you need, you have a pet and you have this sliding glass door that your dog keeps going in and out of your door, you're opening it hundred times a day and just destroying that door. Yeah. Call us. We have an insert that can go into your existing door where it has a pet door built into it, mm. so your dog can come and go. You can lock it. it it's secure. Uh, but we it's have more these, affordable than you would think, too. Yes, yeah, yeah definitely. And it's like we, we have these options. If you just have questions, call us. Give Jeremy a call, and we'll be able to get you taken care of. Uh, just, uh, or, you know, you can have one where it leaves the door, and then you can lock it, and then so it can't come back in. Yeah. And then I do not endorse kind. his, <laughs> I don't endorse his takes. <laughs> Fido, so long. Yes. You can do that. Don't let if the door hit you on the way out. That's what you're looking to do with your out. dog. You can do that. <laughs> it will provide you the capabilities. Yeah, it will provide you that. Yes. You're just a puke if you do it. Uh, <laughs> well, that was extreme. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I don't like it when you do that. It's never my favorite. It's <laughs> never my favorite. Nate, uh, so many great opportunities here. The financing options are available as well. I mean, look, there's no reason. And and the thing is, because you're local. And you do all the manufacturing on site, you can have those things installed in like eight to 10 weeks. Eight to 10 weeks, exactly. By the time you have to fire up the AC, those units are ready to go. Your new windows will be ready for you, even if it's an orange crust or whatever color or design orange you like. <laughs> we'll, we'll get it taken care of. It's got an orange hue yeah. in the window. I like how I said, like, you guys haven't seen anything. Like, yeah, actually, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we did yeah, see yeah, something new the other day. Yeah, yeah. I want that orange. 70s beveled. Yeah. That's what yeah, I want. It's nice. That sounds nice. nice. Well, all you have to do right now is call and get that $3,000 off. That's three grand off when you swap out 10 windows or more. Ask about the financing options. All of it available. 801-850-9100. It's advanced windows. Guys, you're the best. Appreciate Thanks, guys. It. Thanks, guys. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.